three, two, one. Hey, what's up, capers? Capers. Cape Free here. Martin, the Thought Junkie. Next to me, I have... Chad, the resident movie nerd. On this side, we have... We have Chris, the film school dropout. And finally... Ryan, the collector. The collector. Alright, guys, so we thought we'd give you a little bit of a refresher about um, who we are. Oh, God, that pour sounded so amazing. Oh, it did sound sexy. Oh, yeah, I'm sounded excited. so sexy. Okay. That beer of the I'm week excited. is going to be great. But, um, so we all came up with names that kind of matched our identity of who we are because we all like movies but we like looking at movies like from different like our secret superhero yeah. names or like our that is our know, superhero so names it's our secret names. identities yes they, they are. are nice I didn't even think of it that way oh yeah so I just thought of like my government name sometimes you have to hide things <laughs> I guess you could look at it like that <laughs> Italian <laughs> yeah, like Clark Kent like hides away from uh, you know bill collectors I get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clark Kent's in like, debt there's no, there's no Clark Kent here <laughs> so the thought junkie here that's my name and I've always looked at movies like seeing a movie actually sent me to film school the importance of that movie and what it did to me and kind of like how it resonated with my life that actually sent me to film school so um, and it was a very thought provoking movie I don't have to say the director because you guys already know who it was is Shyamalan I just look at movies as vessels they're kind of like time stamps of your life not only your life but society as a whole like you go back and look at movies in the 50s and you can understand what they were going through and how their perceptions of certain things were so i've just really been fascinated with the messages that movies can share with us in my first film um, i remember there was a i went i premiered at a film festival and i remember just this guy sitting there crying and talking to my main actress and as a writer director like witnessing that type of emotional bond these two people had was great so yeah, it's I'm powerful you can bring out those emotions in people yeah as a creator or even as a viewer of movies like you said like you everybody has personal connections you can remember like a lot of times like movies going way back like where you saw it and yeah. who you saw it with and your reaction to that and yeah. they're like kind of cultural touchstones not even just cultural just like overall life milestones or touchstones in your own life especially for people like us who yeah. grew up as lovers of cinema and now we make a career and a living out of it chad you're next why are you who you are i'm the resident movie nerd because uh yeah i just love movies and i've loved movies my whole life i love watching them i i uh when growing up i made a lot of my own movies and i've just always been obsessed always reading about movie news and behind the scenes stuff and watching behind the scenes videos and special features and just, I don't know, wanting to know as much as possible. And then I moved out here to Los Angeles and so, well, after going to film school and, you know, doing all, you know, studying all that, learning more about film history and, and the techniques and shooting on actual film, you know, which mm. isn't done much anymore. So I'm, I'm glad that I got to actually do that and experience that and handle it, you know, feel the physicality of it. Now, um, yeah, moved to LA and work, start working in the the entertainment industry, both mm -hmm. film and TV, and yeah, I'm currently working on an animated film, which will come out in 2020 for uh, Sony Sony Animation. Oh, wow. So Jeez. yeah, so which, cool. which one is that? What? I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can't say. I mean, it's You're been announced. It. It's been announced. It's no. called Vivo, and uh, it's, oh. we're Vivo. doing it with uh, Lin Manuel Miranda is uh, is writing original songs for it. So yeah, it'll be it'll okay. be exciting. It's been announced. So okay. look out for that in late right. 2020. So. But anyway, so yeah, I love movies and love talking about movies and watching movies, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's great. So it's, it's safe to say 
You love movies. Yes. Right. Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. Absolutely. I didn't get that. I didn't get that part first. I know. No, that wasn't clear. Clarifying. Right? That was so, the problem. That's, wasn't that's what I'm here for. So the film school <laughs> dropping over here. He's yeah. actually directed a film that's been on a streaming service have you not um actually i've directed like four but the uh (laughs) no but but i'm talking about one in particular that you told me about which one did i tell you about netflix um uh we talking about diamond yeah we're talking about diamond dogs yes yeah yes i direct this film called diamond dogs um um it's yeah mainly the quick of it it's mainly about this female car thieves who wind up robbing around people (laughs) but it's it's a fun movie the thing is like i used to actually read the comic books like when I, when I was going to film school and you know I was, didn't have that much money I couldn't um, I couldn't do that much at, in between classes so I would go yeah. to comic book stores and I would read the st- comic books for the stories like yeah. I like I like I like the compelling stories I like the comedy stories I, you like the, all the, of them the, 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 thing, the thing about which I think directing it's a visual medium it's you know it's an emotional right. medium to go and, from paper like it's so crazy to see something go from paper to on screen yeah. and like looking at it that's it the takes most surreal years and it takes experience. millions of dollars yes. all the time or not millions but a lot of money and it takes hundreds of people and yeah based and what based on what you're saying too Chris is like yeah you watch we all watch movies for different reasons like you watch you said for story and stuff and Martin looks for the social me I'm more of like I like the technical stuff yeah. yes. I love cinematography and the music and just the way things are directed and shot and how they did this these special effects and stuff and just the story, you know, kind of the behind the scenes of how it was put together, you know, that's the it's like the process and all that that's what fascinates me. So And I'm and I'm like Edward Norton from the movie The Italian Job. I'll just take a little bit of everything from you guys. <laughs> yeah. Good. Cuz we like take it. a lot from you. <laughs> uh, Ryan. Right. Rye, Rye. So Tell um, us. yeah, let's let's go, us. let's go knee deep into the uh, the realm of the collector. Um, it's pretty simple. I've just been collecting since I was a kid. I think uh, I was just innately, uh, immediately attracted to comic books when I was very young, and comic book cards as well. And uh, it was more it was more even about the art, but even more just about collecting in and of itself. It, it's almost like it takes a very special kind of person to want to collect and. I think uh, growing up, uh, there was maybe something about the superhero element to it. And, you know, I got bullied a little bit growing up in school. And I guess you can kind of connect to those superheroes and and wish you were one to an extent. But I did stop for a while uh, as I got a little older. And then I started back up again more seriously in 2012, 2013. Right after Avengers. Right after the Avengers. (laughs) And, um, yeah, now now I'll be honest, I collect more for um, the financial investment side and flipping. But... I, I enjoy reading a lot of modern comics, so I do collect a lot of those as well. But, you know, I love owning these pieces of history that meant so much in the golden age and silver age of comics from the 30s to 40s to 50s and 60s and 70s. And that's the Bronze Age. And, um, you know, just the different stories that happen from them and the meanings behind them and the yeah. social, moral element to how they pertain to society at the time, whether it was World War II or... Vietnam or a new president or drugs or sex or race or gender or just anything that came from the comic books and these great artists and writers from our past so I guess you could say that is what I take from my enjoyment of collecting just everything under the sun that's great man and like yeah. and that's what and that's what people like in our 30s you know we we run into so many of our friends and people that are kind of like lost in life and don't necessarily know what they want to do like 30 is a huge milestone where it feels like you have to have everything together and you have to be working towards something purchasing mm-hmm. your house whatever it might be and i always tell people what the hell were you doing when you're eight years old what did you love to do when you're eight 
eight years old. Yeah, that's a tough one. Right? But I think looking at you, well, you've, collect. you've collected <laughs> when you were a kid. So yeah. you're obviously on the right path because you've turned what you want, what you did as a child into yep. your profession later in life. So mm-hmm. that's huge. Follow through with those dreams, people. You know? Definitely. I know. Nice. Follow your dreams. Yeah. All right. So, no. Um, that was good, guys. And I'm, the... and I'm actually following my dreams right now with this tasty. Oh, here we tasty. go. Tasty. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, 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 you got into no. I'm a little sweating right, on the board right now. Damn. Let me take yeah. this. What do you got, do you got Chris? What you got? What's our, what's our uh, beer of the week, bro? Uh, our beer of the week is called Stout at the Double. It's kind of like a playoff of Shout at that song, but I don't want to say the whole name because we might have to like you know pay for the actual rights. <laughs> royalties. But, but I can Same say Stout at the Devil, right? Because it's Stout, hopefully. Yeah. It's yeah, just, okay. Right, that's that's good to yes, it's it's a Russian Imperial Stout. It's it's by um Evans Brewing Company. Let's uh it's it's actually I'm I'm tasting it right now. It pours it pours great. So there's like it's, a laughing devil. A laughing devil who's actually drinking on, on the holding can. a beer on the can through a mug with his tail while pouring yeah, it into his mouth. Now is this because his tail looks like Nightcrawler's tail? Is that what Ooh, we're saying? Connection. Connection well, Nightcrawler to... looks like yes. devil, right? He is. Uh, yes. 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 Actually, yes. Even yes. Does anyone know who Parents Nightcrawler was? Mystique? So, and no, no, not Mystique. Um, no? Yes, Mystique, sorry. Evazel? <laughs> Mystique and Evazel, thank you. I'm curious what the flavor is like. Actually, that is a dark beer, correct? Yes. Describe it. Describe it's it. It's really smooth. It's like, it's... For for a dark beer like this, it's the thing is I can't even taste it. I'm surprised it's actually 10 percent alcohol. Mm-hmm. Really? It ha- it, yes, it has kind of it has a, like a oh, fudgy. 10%. It has like a fudge taste to it a little yeah. bit. Okay, and, um, nice. So it, so it's and kind this, of smooth, like the sensual sounds of Chris. Smooth jazz. <laughs> smooth jazz. <laughs> this is like liquid nice. smooth jazz. Liquid sex. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that beer. Nice. That, that beer awesome. looks. So it's actually cool. really. It's actually really good, and I don't like. I think I told you yeah, before one. I don't. Awesome. I'm not a big stout. I'm not a big dark beer person. Mm-hmm. But this is actually really good. Cool. I might nice. be changing your life. Yeah, oh, maybe when it comes to beer, You're picking the right ones. Maybe you should. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I drink beers with a superhero theme on them. You know? Right. That's all my. Right. All right, uh, resident movie nerd. Oh, so uh, our, caper of, our caper of the week is our friend Susie Acopian. Hope I'm, Susie. hope I'm saying that right, Susie. Susie. But, uh, yeah, Susie, Susie, we 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 raise our our drinks to you. We raise our style at the devils to for you, being, Susie, uh, for being a fan and uh, and listening and giving feedback and uh, yeah, all the good stuff. So yeah, she she wants um, to be on this podcast so bad. I think oh, wow. we should let her on. I think oh. we should let her on. She at some point, at some point. Yeah. Susie, we appreciate you. And, yeah. Um, Cheers to uh, Susie. Fun fact about Susie that I learned recently: her favorite movie is Braveheart. Interesting. Ooh, that's right. Interesting. I don't know if well, I've met anybody else who said their favorite movie. That's that's a bold yeah. choice. It's like, a great movie. I mean, no, it is. It's best uh, picture winner. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it's like a three-hour epic. It's yeah. uh, it's not a movie you like pop in every couple like yeah. every two months to watch. Like I would like to know how many times has Susie seen great. Braveheart. I'm, I'm curious. Susie, Susie, she will she will text me. She's, she's actually watching every we're listening to every single podcast and was texting me today That's awesome. as I was getting ready for this That's one. Great. And I was like, wow. Okay. Susie, Susie, what is your favorite? I want to know what your favorite quote from the movie is. Mine is, of course. They can take our lives, but they will never take our freedom. I mean, that's the, that's the quote everybody, everybody knows. Who doesn't love that quote? I love no, that quote. It's a great movie, and that's a bold choice, yeah. and I I that's a great it's a great uh, fact. Yeah. Then the clap yeah. for you, Susie. There we go. Susie. Yeah. Yes. Paper of the week. Paper of the week. Paper of the week. Thanks for your contribution to our podcast. C O T W.
Yeah, nice. that was that's right. a bold choice. Now, now we, let's uh, go to the, the comic of the week. Collector, okay, what you got? So, what you the got? The bold choice that you made. So, so here's the thing. I was I had to go back home after work because I had brought a different comic when I discovered from one of you guys telling uh, all of us that the uh, Dark Phoenix trailer was dropping tonight, which I believe we're going to hopefully see at some point together and do a little reaction. Uh. I actually was going to bring this comic originally, but it didn't feel quite right yet. It felt like it made more sense for the third X-Men movie. But because of the trailer, it works both ways, so I brought it anyway. So oh, You are the professional. I'm the professional. So what do. I'm bringing to you is X-Men 134. And this is the first appearance of Dark Phoenix. Ooh. So as you can see, we, we get... So her first... So Phoenix as Jean Grey, her first appearance is X-Men 101. So 33 issues later, we get her as the Dark Phoenix when she kind of has this element with the Hellfire Club. Um... And, uh, and joins them. And you might remember that from the X-Men animated series, which Chad, of course, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Chad would not know that. Nope. But um, oh, it's a beautiful cover, really cool book. This particular book has picked up a lot of steam in the last year with the X-Men Dark Phoenix movie being announced. So Get it steam to Phoenix? Oh, fire. it's steamed. Steam. So uh, ah. nine, nine, CGC 9.8, like, essentially the, the nicest copy you'll, you'll generally get out there, those go for probably, I think about... Five to six hundred, maybe even eight hundred dollars. Now there was a time where you can get them for three hundred. So, wow. what year? What year is this from? So this is from uh, X Men one thirty four. Let's see, that would have been I'm pretty sure the Bronze Age, somewhere in the seventies. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Only right forty year, cents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, forty cents. Um, wow, and it's just a cool cover. It's a cool it book. A cool it was uh, written by Claremont. Um, it might have been John Byrne art. I have to double check on that. But he did a lot of the early X Men. Very famous artist. And very famous writer, of course, with Chris Claremont. So cool, it's a cool book. So you'll uh, post a picture of this on on the Instagram, so yep. people can take a look at it. Chris we'll is doing do. something right now, so I don't. Oh, I'm doing something. <laughs> doing something. Uh, um, we'll put it all yeah, this, over the uh, Instagram. This is tied into the uh, cliffhanger yeah. ending of this uh, movie <laughs> just, we're about to watch. And, and it's just, just a beautiful cover. You see the you see yeah. the the, um, the phoenix behind her, and Bad she's ass. obviously this darker tone to her, an evil tone, and, and you can tell that you got the X Men on the left. The Hellfire Club on the right, and there's this battle element to them. So, and she's in the middle of it. So, yeah. the Hellfire Club like a motorcycle gang or something? Like, no, is, uh, no, or that's a Hell's Angels. It's, it's, no, a, it's, a, it's a group of mutants who are okay. Kind of look like they got people. beard. They got like a ZZ Top thing going on. Yeah, they're chilling. They're chilling. Yeah. But all right, anyway, very so cool. That is, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. The Hellfire Club has transformed Phoenix into their Black Queen. Are the X Men too late to save her or themselves? So that is the. Little description on the front cover so nice. gives you an idea of what's oh, going to yeah. happen. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, Dude, yeah. That was great. That is what I brought today. And I had a question for Chad, but we'll go ahead and get this uh, audio commentary started. Yeah, so then, Chad, what? remind me, don't let me forget about this question. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all on you. All right, people, if you are going, we. We said we were doing X Men, right? Yeah, X Men Two. We're doing X Two X Men United from two thousand three. All right, so if you're watching with us, we're gonna get a countdown five. Yeah. We're starting at zero zero five four three, three two, two one. Play X Men and all right. I don't, oh, oh, there yeah. we go. Good old twentieth century Fox logo. We love oh, that logo. Disney don't Disney don't get rid of it. Yeah, but I still have the twentieth century Fox logo. I'm pretty sure it is. Theme written by <laughs> Alfred. I, I mean, they, they can throw Disney in front of it. I don't, I don't oh, care, is but. the uh, we're gonna have the X that fades out last? I'll like, put that in there. Yeah, yes. I love it. but barely. Oh, it was more effect. prominent last time. I feel like it was. Yeah, yeah. I guess they did. we get this Marvel logo in the first X Men? I don't we remember. did. Maybe I don't think we did. 
It wasn't Marvel Studios. It's just kind of just. Oh no, this is still not Marvel Studios. No, no, not Marvel Studios won't be around for another five years yeah. or so. Wow. So we get the little Patrick Stewart voiceover. Oh, it's great. Oh yeah. So as we look at this voiceover, we talked about with Brian that comic that you brought, Chad at the end of X. This movie, it meant nothing to you. Oh, I didn't know. No, you had no idea. I, oh, I didn't know what sucks, it meant, man. I don't know any. I'm like sorry. I said, usually I experience these stories for the first time watching the movies. I know nothing about the comic backgrounds, nothing yeah. like that. I usually need other people to explain it to me, or the internet, <laughs> or the internet. No, and that's the one thing I like about the movies, especially some of these filmmakers that can like tell these stories like this and bring and bring it into the real world that people haven't seen these stories. They can still relate to them, yeah. Instead of just being like you know a guy in a and yep. us, you know, spandex. I love, you know, right? <laughs> I love how they do the openings for these three. Um, they have this like genetic element to it, which plays right into yeah. the fact that they're genetically altered mutants. So I, I always thought that was pretty cool that they did that with these openings. This is this a new theme? I think this is yeah. a new theme. Right? I was telling I was telling Ryan, yes. I think earlier that this same theme is in Days of Future Past, right? But it starts in this one. Michael Kamen did the music for the first movie, and he ended up dying later in the year of this movie, so he did not. He did not. Composed this movie. This was done by um, uh, was it John Ottman, mm-hmm. um, who also was the co-editor. He's an editor slash composer, and that's great too. You look at this 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 picture, and they're in, we're in a White House now. And the first presidential photo they show is Lincoln on a mm-hmm. film that talks about so much like prejudice yep. and oppression. Think yes. about what Lincoln has done for the that's cause. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And um, we just got a little message on the character that's about to be the prominent mutant in this early scene. Yeah. Who is Nightcrawler, of course. First appearance was in Giant Size X-Men number 1 1975 when they introduced the new X-Men right before into the series, but into a giant size version in its own book. So, so, so that's his end. The cool thing about this, too, <laughs> Nightcrawler, like, I watched these films and I remember how badass these characters were on their own in their cartoons. Yeah. Nightcrawler was never this badass in the cartoon, if I remember correctly. This is actually, and for me, it's a, it's an exaggerated version of who he was. But it makes total sense that someone with these powers can do exactly what he could do. Mm-hmm. Like he makes Xazel look like a wimp. Oh yeah, <laughs> I always loved this scene. I thought this scene oh, yeah. was so cool. Mm-hmm. This movie came out, and I used to like pop in the DVD and like watch this opening. I thought this was one of the Cool. My, this is one of my favorite movie openings. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. It's jarring to, to think that one mutant could have such an easily, you know, it, it's in the White House. Yeah. The White House. I mean, they really have nothing to do. Right. That's how you kick off a movie, though. This is how you. Oh kick yeah. A movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's raise the stakes. Yeah. For us as as X Men fans, you know, we look at this and we say, okay, this is badass. But for people who aren't X Men fans, they look at this and they realize how dangerous these mutants can be. You're right. Yeah, and this this builds a whole fear. Like you know, you have you have this like uh, they have this prejudice against them in the world. The people with mutants that they could that they this is one of their biggest fears that they could take over and like attack and do what normal people can't. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's so cool because like at the time this came out, I was like watching Twenty Four. I was on to Twenty Four. Just the president like ter- counter terrorism and, and he's in Twenty Four too. That guy was in Twenty Four. Yes. Oh, right. the, 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 the Secret yeah. Service agent. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Curtis. Curtis. Name? Was his name Curtis. Curtis on yes. the show? Mm-hmm. I didn't. Oh wow! I didn't realize that was him. Um, but yeah, but this was like kind of like twenty four, but with like mutants in it. All of a sudden, it was like awesome. Yeah, and of course like, we learn we uh, learn later that uh, this was actually all a setup 
and that Nightcrawler is being controlled essentially, and he's not doing this on his own volition. So yeah, uh, that's okay. what leads yes. into the the, the the plot of the movie. This is like Quicksilver almost. Yeah, like time slowing yeah. down as he's like going and. I guess it feels like that. I yeah. mean, it's clearly tra- oh, yeah. teleportation. Yeah, speed, Brian's, but it does have Yeah, Brian Singer yeah. would go back to that technique mm-hmm. uh, 11 years mm-hmm. after this. Wow. I love yeah. this actor. And expand. Alan, Co- Alan Cumming? Oh, he's yes. great. Yeah. yeah. At the time, I mostly knew him from uh, GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. That's that's Boris. A, oh. That's right. Boris. Yeah. Well, we have a couple of, we have a couple of GoldenEye yeah. people in this movie. When I first saw this, I thought this that was P.E.B. Herman. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, oh. I can see it kind of looks like Paul Rubens a little bit, yeah. Mutant uh, freedom see. now. We just watched this dagger hit the table and the president sees this mutant freedom now. Boy, I tell you, like, if you look at the X-Men from one point of view, you can think of them as vigilantes and you can think of them as um, just well, like... From, like Chris. From, well, even oh, this, you can look, look at them as like, like well... And this, this kind of be freedom fighters or even terrorists, depending yeah. on your um, on your perspective, right. because they're fight they're fighting against a government who is against them. Mm-hmm. But this attack is just going to make the government even more against them, which you'll find out which well, is from, the actual their, plan. But and, and from their creation, I mean, Stan Lee, it was all about prejudice. I mean, yes, he created them to be the anti-prejudicial characters. I mean, they represent the minority, so. Um, I think that's what's great about them. And really quick, I'm sure I've mentioned this before in one of the other movies we watched, but Wolverine was just, uh, we're, we're watching him right now. He's essentially on this journey to find his past and his history and what's going on. His first appearance was in 1974, Hulk 181. First, first full appearance, first cameo was Hulk 180 right before that. Um, yeah. Interesting thing to note, uh, the original art for those two books burnt up in a fire and uh, oh. I believe in Marvel in the early days oh, wow. had those still existed we would have been talking I don't even want to know so much money for, worth more for than the, Superman probably, and Batman one well no I mean it depends on the grade and the condition mm-hmm. of course but um, I, I think we would have been talking over a million dollars potentially so wow. to so, put that into perspective wow. the cover for Amazing Spider-Man 300 by Todd McFarlane the first appearance of Venom that sold at auction for I believe six hundred fifty-seven thousand dollars. And these are this is the, the actual cover, like what? the art, the, the original art. Like so the there's only one. Tank. Oh wow, just yeah. The original one. Oh piece wow. Of art. That's what it makes it very rare, so very special. Yeah, but those. It's just the cover. Well, well, uh, I think the I think the last page of Hulk one eighty might be in existence, which is the okay. first first ever appearance in cameo form in that page. But the cover for Hulk one eighty one, yeah, that burned down in the fire. So mm. so without exist anymore, unfortunately. Wolverine. Um, we're, are we going to try to wrap our head around the as he finds out a lot of more of his past? This movie uh, wrap our head around the continuity of the timeline for these oh, movies oh, or yes. what <laughs> happens after this? Because I know no. it's a little well, it's it a little confusing. It gets but, reset uh, eventually. So it does. Matters, That's true. Okay, I I have a bone to pick with the people who really give that like is it really that important? Like the timeline, it's like one simple thing. You know what I mean? No, I know. Yes, but it's just like yes and no. As as a person who watched the movies and wants to follow the timelines, because mm-hmm. I was I was actually books. really into the fact that they started doing a continuous timeline. I love I love the fact that they that with this movie they try to do what the MCU is doing now, which yep. is pretty right. much make a comic book structure. But the MCU has been much better about keeping their continuity. Oh over yeah, the of but they learn their mistakes from X Men. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> probably yeah that's, that's probably true. That's probably true. But if you um, think but if you think about it, really, like how many people want to know what the Timeline between Ant Man and Avengers is right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so I know. we noticed here we saw know. we saw Halle Berry as Storm returning and her. Uh, would she have a Kenyan stuff? accent in the first movie, which is uh, no no longer uh, no longer around in this one? They just had to drop it. You know, 
Scarlet yeah. Witch style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you I know, just, she's been in America for a little while. She could sure, she sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so the it's real. I think we need to point out that for a long time, this was considered the best superhero, if not the best, one of the best superhero films ever. Oh out. yeah, yes. sure. this and Spider Man Two. Yes. Look at that, two sequels. This is the year before Spider Man Two, yep. actually. Right. I agree. And the thing is that made this different because I mean, obviously the first one, the first X Men was the first like real ensemble superhero yeah. film yes. that was successful. And this, I believe, we this movie is like this is even more of a perfect ensemble because everyone plays a different part in the story, but it all connects and it all and it all like it all wraps itself together. Yeah. But everyone has all the X Men have a different have their own storylines yeah. which all work together. Yep. Yeah. So Halle Berry actually they rewrote the script on this. Uh, to give her more lines because she had just won the Oscar for Monsters Ball for oh. Best Actress, and so she decided to you know come back for this. And I'm sure she got a pay bump, but she also got more lines out of it too. So I'm just gonna go down the list really quick. Um, Rogue Avengers Annual Ten First Appearance, Iceman X Men Number One actually, Pyro X Men One Forty One. So oh, just to give the comic people out there, those are the first appearances. Wow, three characters were I, I think right one Ice. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, X Men number one was uh, Jean was oh well, she was actually called Marvel Girl, but it was Jean Grey, uh, Xavier, Magneto, Iceman, um, Cyclops, Beast. Oh, I'm sorry, not not Beast. I, well, he's a human form at that point, but yeah, technically Beast. But yeah, you know, you get some cool. of those early characters right in the beginning. But they did a nice mix between oh. newer characters and older ones in these movies, which I appreciate. Yeah. So. And I like the fun fact, which I just I just noticed if if you do watch if you do watch uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah. Pyro is one of, one of the uh, lead characters in this season. That's currently oh. on right now. He's the uh, guy who makes beer. Now, okay, so time, everybody just froze. Now, oh. Xavier, Xavier doesn't actually like stop time. What does no, he no. actually do? What's he, the he, what's happening he, he here? He manipulates their minds, and he's he's stopping them from just doing anything. Like he's, oh. he's he, freezing their minds. I see. I right. see. As I take it, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He can. He, what he did in the first one when he um, when he was talking to Magneto, he stopped everything. To uh, well, he he actually took control of their minds. Just yeah. This is the two. first time we stopped everything. This is and this is the first time. This happens a lot more, and it's so crazy yeah. to think that if you go all the way to Logan, suddenly like the same thing, him mm-hmm. controlling. Yep. Like the one of the big premises in this movie is him essentially killing people with Cerebro. Right. He didn't even need Cerebro to kill people when it comes to Logan. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's it's, just lets you know how powerful Professor well, X is. Well, that's the thing. There's something called an Omega-level mutant. Um, Dark Phoenix is that. Magneto, I believe, is that. I think Xavier is, he is that. that. But yes. Yeah, there's these like special mutants that have extra special powers that make yeah. them stronger than most others. So they can really do some damage. Um, which you learn a little bit more about in the X-Men 3. They kind of talk about it. But right. yeah. And for those, I think I, re- I saw somewhere that all the people in that scene that were frozen were actually all trained in professional minds. Yeah, oh, <laughs> oh, that <really>? helps. <laughs> so that would help, that. right? That helps. Oh. Just think about yeah. how there's a lot of movies that use that technique. Like the well, the Matrix movies, obviously, like they they freeze the Matrix and all the whole crowd freezes around them. And yeah. I just feel like you've seen that in a lot of different movies around this time because yeah. it is a kind of a cool a cool. Uh, imagery to do in a movie, yeah, yeah. and it actually sets up because they use it later on too. Where, yeah, and then and 
towards the end of the film. So we got a fam fam kid Jansen there back as uh, however you say her name as uh, as Jean Jean Grey. Another I'm sure like, Susie will 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 text me and say this is how you say. It. Okay, she's, every <laughs> single podcast she sent me something I'm saying it's a different it's, it's you know. Um, but I'm just, she's yeah. another. Uh, Another uh, Golden Eye alum uh, for all of us who love mm, Golden Eye. Oh, yes, that's right. Xena on a top. Another great. Uh, that's great. right. So, hey, hey! If you want, if you want to go Bond James Bond, name. Holly Berry's another. That's true. Uh, yes. A year before this, uh, yeah, that's right. Die yeah, another day. Yeah. Yes. So, day. so we're now being introduced to Brian Cox, who plays the infamous William Colonel William Bill Stryker. But now in the comics, he was not a. a uh, he was not in the army, right? Stryker was a, a Christian televangelist. Mm. Was leading a crusade against uh, against mutants, but uh, they decided not to, to go that way with the character in this because they didn't want to obviously offend any religious groups or anything. So that yeah. almost ties it more into what we've talked about before. You know, the the themes of how X Men is kind of an allegory for homosexuality and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So if they had gone the kind of the more the religious route, that would have been even yeah. more apparent mm-hmm. than the military. But right. um, well, he's you know. Colonel Striker, so at some point he must take some part in the army or something I imagine but so he appeared in a comic called X-Men God Loves Man Kills from 1982 so that's essentially that's striking, uh, right? a newer uh, a different takeoff from the X-Men series which of course in almost all comics there eventually is some sort of a takeoff series like there's the astonishing X-Men or, or that actually might have been Spider-Man but every series has like multiple different kinds of storylines that, that the artists and writers and the, the publishers separate from so I, I guess he appeared in that for the first time and not <laughs> A, comic, a copy of maybe just uh, X Men, you know, the yeah. original one. But yeah, Brian Cox it's is a, great though. Now, now this senator, Bruce Davison, back now. This is not acting. He died in the first movie. This right? is Mystique pretending yes. to be. This so, is yeah. Mystique, yeah. and she's been right. playing the role of Senator Kelly this entire time between but the like, two movies. Yeah, wouldn't he have to like go to meetings and have like political obligations? She, she has right now. Like, she, in, in this scene, like she literally just found oh, out where they're holding out where they're holding Magneto at. Yeah. Do you they found out that Stryker has has access to Magneto. Do you remember two presidents ago? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Mystique, of course, uh, her first cameo was in Miss Marvel 16. Then she had a second cameo in Miss Marvel 17 as Nick Fury. So she wasn't herself. She was Nick Fury no. in that one. And then her first full appearance, which is the big book, that's the one that sells for a lot of money, is Miss Marvel 18. So mm-hmm. she first appeared in the Miss Marvel series, which is interesting, with uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Now this actress, Rico. what's her mutant name? Lady, Lady Deathstrike. Deathstrike right. I actually have her comic and I could have brought it and I wish I did. Um, yeah, because this is the only time you're going to see her. I know. So. Dare, <laughs> Daredevil 197, believe it or not. But that's because oh. her past is with Daredevil. She And, and Wolverine. I guess she, she yeah. dated Wolverine, but her name's... Uh, one second. I, that was I Wolverine's... I can never, it's, it's, that was Wolverine's really big love interest, it, right? One of his it, only it's ones. It's yeah. To Wolverine, yeah. The, yeah. So her name's Yuriko Ayama, and she eventually becomes Lady District, but she only appeared as Yuriko in Daredevil 197. So she clearly does have a big connection to Daredevil wait, because that's when she. Well, I knew her when I saw this, but wait, what about what about Wolverine? The or is it the Wolverine? The one that was like 2013. The uh, Wolverine no. was Yuriko in there. No, no, different no, character. Oh, different that must have been a different character. But yeah, but, yeah. but there no, is a Lady, Lady Deathstrike. There is a connection to Wolverine, though. Oh yeah, no, no. In, in fact, in the in the, uh, in the animated, animated series, series yeah. I remember. That's why I know she, her. Yeah, from. she has. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. Has. So we got the oh, flash of uh, Mystique's eyes in the in the senator's eyes at the end of that <laughs> scene. Just just so uh, to remind everybody, it's really Mystique in disguise. Yep. Um, now we now we're back in the 
in the X Mansion. Is that what they call it? Yeah, they, is the, their name uh, is the X Mansion? Call it the School of the Gifted. School of the Gifted. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of the those exterior shots, establishing shots, are reused from the first movie. Just save them some sense. money. Just yeah. Uh, yeah. And so again, this movie was all filmed um, on stages and on location up in uh, Canada. I think both mm. Vancouver and maybe Toronto too. So I'll, I think most of the X Men movies are filmed in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Bobby, Bobby seems a little more jealous than usual right now for some reason. That's which seems normal because well, uh, he's trying to hit on Rogue. He's trying to put a move on Rogue. He's not trying to put a move on was, Rogue. His little it, daughter. Was it this one? Did, did you not like, just see him try to kiss her? <laughs> was it this one or the first one where he figures out how to do the ice kiss, but it doesn't end up working? But he thinks it will when he kisses. Rogue? Uh, it's this. This one. one. That's this why one. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's a mistake. So they uh, they originally were supposed to bring back you know Wolverine's brother. Uh, well, not Saber well. You don't find out he's you don't. Oh my no, god, he's his brother in the first movie. They're supposed to bring yeah. back Saber Tooth and, and uh, Toad, Toad yeah. but there wasn't. There was already too many mutants packed in, so yeah. they ended right. up cutting them out. So the, for the people who don't work in Los Angeles, and when you see a movie like this, and you're like, why didn't they bring back this person? Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do this and that? And like you. Sometimes, like studios actually make these decisions sometimes and add in these characters, but then they have to take them out for a runtime. Yeah, or I mean, it could be it could be a a salary dispute, a contract thing, could be scheduling issues. There's all creative differences. There's so many reasons. Or they could shoot them in the story, and because of story cutting down the movie, gets edited down. Decide to cut them. That happens too. That happens a lot. They filmed a a deleted scene for at some point in this movie with uh, when. When uh, the bad Cerebro and Stryker repurposes it, and it's affecting the mutants, they filmed. They actually filmed a scene with somebody playing Gambit being affected by it. Oh, like yeah. you see yeah. him from the back playing cards, but that ended up getting so cut I, out. So. I haven't read enough of the early X Men comics. I don't know for sure. I, I don't. I don't remember there being. I don't know if there was a love triangle between. But in the animated series, there was a. Uh, there, I think there was a love triangle huge between one, yeah, yes, there was. Cyclops and X Men. Jean Grey. So I guess they decided to take upon you know pull upon that for the movies. And I will say in this in this movie, yes. Um, you know, Cyclops gets taken out of the picture, <laughs> yes. which, which you'll see and talk about. Which, uh, hey, so it can kind of build the whole Wolverine Jean Grey love yep. story. So now we're into so all the- these Cyclops fans get pissed off. Like my brother, he's a big Cyclops <laughs> fan. That he did, that's one reason he didn't like this movie that much. So now we're in. Uh, <laughs> I thought Cyclops. We're in Ma- Magneto's um, plastic prison. prison. It's pretty cool, kind of very like Hannibal Lecter kind of vibe. Bathroom uh, break number one. <laughs> hour and a half. Um, and you know we get we get this uh, similar scene in um, Days of Future Past. So that's right, they bring back the plastic prison yeah. for that one too. But this is the first time I get to see it. So yeah, it's be, it, be it Magneto being able to control everything metal. Every time they go down there, they can they have to have a, they have to go through a metal detector, make sure there's no metal in them whatsoever. Although I'm pretty, sure, how they keep them pretty, pretty sure there's metal in Stryker's glasses there, but you know. No, no, everything, <laughs> even the guns. Well, I mean, but I do agree. They're supposed yeah. to be plastic, <laughs> but it looks like metal. In his glasses. I don't know. It that looks might have been like missed. The, uh... They should have told him to wear his contacts on the day right. he comes to visit the prison. But uh, right. yeah, no, it's it's so many great actors and. In these movies, even actors who had been established, like Ian McKellen or Brian Cox or Patrick Stewart, but then, like, yeah, this is still pretty close to the you know beginnings of Hugh Jackman's career. I'm not sure. Do you guys know, remember if he did any movies in between the first X Men and this one? He, well, he started. Some, he started doing some of those rom coms. He did the one with um, oh, what's her name, Judd. Uh, Ashley Judd. Oh, okay. Yeah, Van Helsing was after this, but, but um, yeah. didn't he do Swordfish? I mean, huh? 
Swordfish. He wasn't. Oh, that was with yeah. Halle Berry. Yep, with yeah, Halle Berry. Yeah. Right. That was the year. That was a couple years before this, or a year before this, I think. So, so, he, he so he's still pretty, still 20. pretty new, though. You know, still yeah. huh. rising star in Hollywood at the time. Yeah, no, no, I mean, this is one of the big, bigger movies, but she's been known for a while. She, yeah. she was actually, she, she was actually, she was doing a lot of smaller movies, but she was known. So he loves Wolverine. Loves uh, smoking the stogies, and uh, I'll never forget. About four years ago, I met Joe Rubenstein, who. Uh, was the interior? No, I think he might have been the cover artist for Wolverine Number One Limited Edition from 1982, and uh, that's when I first met him about three, four years ago. And I had him do a sketch cover for me on the comic because it can enhance the value. And for whatever reason, he did a stogie in Wolverine's mouth on nice. the cover. I didn't ask him to do that, but very cool. Yeah, it was kind of funny. So I, I didn't, I didn't understand why, but now I, I now I get it because I guess Wolverine loves cigars. So wait, so he's a sketch cover? I've never heard of that. Yeah, um, it's something I kind of learned when I was doing a lot of the signature stuff back in the day to yeah. flip comics. Um, if you have the artist that it was important to the comic, prevalent to it, do a sketch of the character on the comic, it really does add, can add significant value sometimes. Because it's essentially original art, so and they right. don't do it for cheap a lot of times. Some of them do still, but... Right. So, yeah. At this time, we're, uh, we're watching um, Professor X... He's uh, using Cerebral. He's uh, searching pretty much just with Cerebral. He can like pretty much search throughout the world. It kind of magnifies his powers. Yeah. Yeah. He searches throughout the world, like the, the, throughout just Earth. If he's if he's searching it's for crazy. Somebody. I yeah. mean, he's so powerful when yeah. he uses uh, Cerebral. It's unbelievable. He's powerful without Cerebral, right. but yeah. just Ready? to be amplified. Yeah. Well, can I can I point out something interesting? So right, we don't get Beast in these movies, correct? Like we don't we, we don't the, see in him. the third one. We hear and yet, we see him on TV. And yet in the in, in, in the form, revamped X Men series, it's Beast early on. Hank he McCoy, it. that carry that creates it. So yeah. it's kind of funny that we don't get those connections. We're well, the thing is, this, and this is and this is <laughs> one of the filmmaker things. The reason we get the reason we got Nightcrawlers because of the success of the first one. Mm-hmm. It's budget. Right. Like the Beast is, you know, he's. He's fully blue. He's fully fur. You, you do actually see a cameo of Hank McCoy mm-hmm. before he comes Beast in this movie because you'll see him on TV. Um, not played by Kelsey Grammer though. Not somebody, played by Kelsey else Grammer. Before yeah. they cast him, yeah. And uh, he's so small. And he 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 won't he won't he'll just be Hank McCoy, and mm. that's that's the character that becomes Beast. Um, but yes, Beast is one of the original X Men. Yeah. So. Speaking of speaking, and he's one of the first characters you see in the X Men the animated series that Chad hasn't seen, and. Um, Chat or uh, Ryan Collector, you and I were at Long Beach uh, Comic Con, and yep. remember how I was trying to figure out which um, which comic book picture I wanted uh, that guy to sign. What was his name? Larry Houston. Larry Houston. Yeah. Yep. Trying to figure out what I wanted Larry Houston to sign, and for some reason I was drawn to Beast. I, Gambit's my favorite character, but like you know what, I'll get Beast. So I had him sign the Beast mm-hmm. photo, and I realized like as Thought Junkie, Beast was probably the most philosophical guy in this entire series. Like that first episode, you see him in jail reading a book by I forgot what the book was, but he's like, like such a pacifist. So as I get older, it's it makes it makes sense for me to mag er, gravitate towards Beast more, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Even no, though Gambit's my favorite, but this uh, we're watching um, what's her name, Lady. That's, but this is this is uh, Mystique, this though, is Mystique, right? Yes, Lady she, Death she's Stroke. Is that her? No, 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 no. Is this Mystique right now? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, no, here she is. Yeah, now we're getting our first look at Mystique in this movie. Uh, I think we mentioned this during the first one, but you know, um, always nice to see Rebecca Romaine. Beautiful uh, Rebecca Romaine. And we will uh, see her in this movie. Old. 
Mm-hmm. This is one, the first time we'll see actual Rebecca Romaine. Oh yeah, really cool. Blue. Yes. You know, we were we were teenagers when when this movie came out. Um, yeah, you know, big time. What, what had we known her from before this? I, oh, yeah, maybe being married to John Stamos. Yeah, no, she's a model. Oh, there's a lot of. Oh, model. look, there yeah, were a lot of uh, there are a lot of Easter eggs. There was Maximoff in there yeah, with so a two Remy, Remy representing the Maximoff twins. So what we're talking Gambit. about right now is Mystique is looking through a computer program essentially to get. Um, Eric Selvig, uh, otherwise known. Oh, no, that's Avengers. I'm an idiot. <laughs> to get Magneto out of the, her plastic prison. So yes. he, she's doing research, and that's where Chad was kind enough to see that there were little Easter eggs for other there things. There are a bunch, like, I think, if you freeze frame it. But I did spot Maximoff, that's who, awesome. of course, you know, is uh, Quicksilver and yep. Scarlet Witch, who, yep. you know, now is being part of the Avengers, but Quicksilver has joined the X Men universe as of Days of Future Past, so. And she also just got the schematics for Cerebro, which we'll play right. later on. Um, so here we go. Yeah, and speaking of you know how powerful Charles Xavier's mind is, I think we brought this up during the first one, but I watched Legion, that show on FX, which is about David, who is Professor Xavier's son, and he also is very powerful. Spoiler alert, bro. And, well, you know, you it's been on for a couple seasons now, and... You know, uh, it's a very trippy ahead. show, but it's Tell them it's really the end of Lost, Chad. Tell them the end of Lost. Okay, we have Lady Deathstrike <laughs> walking into the room. The real Lady no Deathstrike. in that one. <laughs> and Mystique's in there. She's getting this paperwork, and... Now we have the real Lady Deathstrike. This is uh, like, we saw this scene first, and then we saw it again in Days of Future Past, right? With, uh... What's his name? Tyrion? That's yes. right. They did do this. Yes. Yeah. Where well, they yeah, actually changed right. the uh, Peter character. Peter from it's almost the same situation. Now this actress Kelly Hughes, she was in some things like the the Scorpion King. Yeah, she was in that one. She's with my top ten Dwayne for sure. Johnson. When I was yes. younger, she's in my top ten. Oh yeah, especially I was big into like the street racing scene. So import models. Oh, now you Kelly remember what she's? Ho- I believe she's Hawaiian. I think she's from Hawaii. Yeah. Now this so this movie came out in May two thousand three. So mm-hmm. we were all just we were still in high school. I think at that point, right? Yeah. And uh, so yeah, this was big. This is a big movie. <laughs> so 2003 it was actually oh, yeah. It's gonna be trippy for this janitor seeing himself uh, as Mystique walks by dressed like him. Call back um, to Terminator Two. Yeah, it's the first yeah. time I saw it. But uh, no, this, this movie was big when it came out. This movie opened to yeah. 85 million dollars, which is yeah. which is really big, and it grossed wow. a lot of money. Outgrossed yeah. the first one. Um, this was actually the widest release ever when this released in May 2003. It, this sounds small by tasting. It opened in a little over 3,700 theaters. Oh, and it opened simultaneously in 93 countries. Oh, wow. And at the time, that was the biggest movie release of all time. I, I feel like every movie, like, excelled oh, past it, the next Oh, it does. Now oh. it's like like 200-something like like in wide release <laughs> in the past 15 yeah, years. Like, movies crazy. open in the 40... Just to give you capers an idea, movies open on about 4,500 screens. It's the lar- biggest ones yeah. of all time. Now I think, like, Despicable Me... Two or something is actually the widest release of all time right now or something, but it gets yeah. these records keep getting set. Um, but yeah, this was this was one of the biggest releases of all time when it came out. So, so it made a lot of money and did well, very critically well, and yeah, just it even maybe surpassed its predecessor. Yeah. So now they're in Boston, which is great. If you if uh, you capers look on the if you look on our the image on your screen, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see my. My avatar has a uh, Boston Red Sox hat on. I'm, all, I'm usually yeah. wearing it. I'm from Massachusetts. I'm a Boston guy. I went to Boston University. So it's cool that they're in Boston in an old church, even though they didn't film it there. And, but, I, you know. and I went to UMass Amherst. So oh, yeah, I yeah, have yeah. That connection too. Hey, how's your uh, 
How's your quarterback guy doing right now? All right, let's not talk. Uh, let's not. Let's not get into it. Tom Brady. Hey, let's not get into Tom Brady stuff. Some struggles. Still a lot of season to go. All right. My Dolphins going to be playing them soon enough. Oh, this weekend. This weekend, just as good as the Giants. So we got Alan coming again as Nightcrawler now. Um, there were some, uh, apparently Neil Patrick Harris uh, yeah. auditioned for this, wow. but didn't get it um, because Neil Patrick couldn't speak German. Right, Alan, Alan Cumming is fluent in German, and so because it's a, thir- a fluent character, Kurt Wagner, good and uh, we just heard him uh, speaking German and stuff, and he's great in yeah. this. He's really good. He was I, perfectly casted. There's no doubt about it. I feel like even even the beer. The reason I picked this beer because I was so. Like in awe, you know, doing a little bit of research about Nightcrawler's character, and if you really think about it, like you have someone here that looks like a devil, can literally scare you. He's the epitome of fear. How do you combat that? You make him the nicest character. And he's really ever. religious. Yeah. He's really religious. Yes. Um, I mean, so he actually lives in this church. Now he it's too found bad him he, in a church. They found him in a church. Right. No? It's too bad he didn't come back for sequels. But I guess he, um, yeah, the the makeup he spent like I don't know seven hours a day getting this makeup. As yes. you're seeing a close up of it now, the the ridges and just it's like three dimensional makeup on his most it's of his body. Bizarre. It was a lot. So it's amazing what these actors go through for that. I yeah. just yeah. can't even comprehend that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the mark which earlier we've seen on uh, Magneto. On the, the back of his this neck. This is what they oh. use to uh, control the mutants. They use this like... Um, William Stryker. William Stryker has found, found a way because he's been experimenting on mutants. Now, also, um, com- like like Ian McKellen is openly gay. Mm-hmm. Alan Cumming is actually openly bisexual or too. Yeah. So he... Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have two of the main actors in this movie Brian are... Brian Singer, the director. And, well, obviously, yeah, Brian Singer is op- openly gay as yeah. well. But um, So, yeah, you have a lot of people involved who... Um, you know, probably very much in, in in tune with that the some of the uh, bigotry in, in society and stuff that the X Men were probably created to help kind of to represent and mm-hmm. and everything. So yep. they can yeah. lend their personal experiences to the to the making of the movie. That's great, right? So. You you when you working in Los Angeles, like you always hear about people talking about their passion projects and the things that they really cling to. Like you have to fully invest yourself into whatever project you're doing and and it only makes sense that they invested themselves into this project oh, yeah. yeah and this guy he's the human remote that's his mute <laughs> I want that no, power actually they have see. that don't they have stuff like that now you just blink and it changes the channel I mean now we can sit here and ask uh, Alexa to change to the channel or it's one of the stu- it's one of the mutant kids sitting there watching TV late at night he just blinks his eyes and the channels change <laughs> It's you know it's a, it's a fun little oh. cabinet to see that like uh, like uh, uh, the school is mainly if you Sorry, remember from the first. Alexis Alexis chimed in. We but the, uh, Alexa. <laughs> the, the oh. school is mainly like a you know a bunch of mutant kids who have no who are just orphans pretty much, and yeah. and they they just live here. Yeah. So so some of them have just like little mutant abilities. Some of them have just like um. Just they, they probably have some extra fur in their hand. Some has just all kinds of things, but it's like, but it, but they're all I guess accepted at the school in this one right. like safe space. It's like finding your favorite group of friends at high school. Like you cling on to them because you're so much different than everyone else. That's what that's yes. Oh, I was gonna say, um, I have uh, still the whole collection of like the X Men '92 Fleer '93 cards, and it will amaze you. How many mutants there are, and just the different powers they have—it's insane. I, I mean, literally everything you can imagine. So, <laughs> no. and this is this is where they see the security for this prison. Pretty, like, pretty yeah. high tech, high tech stuff here. It's like 
Mission Impossible trying to get in there. Yeah. <laughs> and and the thing is, you mess up a little bit, it's 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 curtains. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that would even be possible to build a huge facility like this just out of plastic. Really? We I'm have sorry. A PlayStation. And, and no. this, in, in reality, huh? they we would probably have just have them taken There's out. There's metal, plenty of metal in that. Well, the, the bearings can be wood, you know I mean? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible. It's just, it would take some really clever engineering, I'm sure. I don't know how any electronics would work. We can shoot a missile out of the sky from a satellite. Well, I, I think it's impossible to make all your electronics. Like, I don't even know how they'd light the place. Well, I mean... You need oh, metal about, to conduct electricity. Oh. I don't know. Are oh, you talking about function? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Functionality. Is, oh, copper, is copper metal? That's copper, yeah, metal. that's a metal. Yeah. Well, but we don't know how far this light... This lights can be so far away that he can't Nah, it. that's probably true. That's, I mean, so this reminds me... Yeah, I don't... Oh, hold on, hold on. He was able to, p- to turn that... That Bridge. satellite in X Men First Class. Mm-hmm. So Magneto's power is actually. I mean, he was, he was able to lift a bridge. <laughs> but I mean, so <laughs> there's always a bridge. There's a whole bridge That's that he true. lifted. That's true. Yeah. Well, maybe he was true. Those those were his younger days, though. Maybe he's not. No, no actually, it's an X three, so it's his older days. Oh, That's okay. True. But <laughs> That's true. Oh, I was thinking of the whole state, the stadium, the whole stadium, and, and oh, that's right, was, yeah. That was yeah, first, yeah, first right. days of future past. Well, the thing is, it could also mean you, he has to have a little piece of the um, the metal close to him, and he can it's it could probably hold the rest because it conducts metal oh, conducts. So, yeah. uh, I was gonna say that the scenes of uh, Charles and and. Uh, and um, Eric Magneto talking in the prison. Do you, do you guys? I don't know if you guys remember. This. I think we talked about this maybe during the first movie. But do you guys remember the very first teaser for this? It was a, a, a trailer they cut specifically for Comic Con in two thousand two, and it started with Magneto saying, "Does it ever wake you in the middle of yes. the night?" And it was from the first movie. But then it goes into that. It just is the coolest. And they'd only been filming the movie for about a month, I think, when they cut that for Comic Con, you know, two thousand two. Yeah, and it was just the coolest. And it showed the raid on the mansion, which we haven't seen yet in the movie. And, uh, and he goes, "You should have killed me when you had the chance." Yeah. And, like yeah, it was like the coolest, really cool. like Comic Con yes. preview. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Eric, what have you done? And that was in there too. And I, yeah. Anyways, look it up on YouTube. It's great. Uh oh, dude, it's up to something. Uh, this it's, is yes. This is shot on film, right? Yes. Oh yeah, it's thirty-five millimeter. Like I look at this in the darks, and this don't seem that dark. This uh, you know cinematographer I mean? Newton Thomas Siegel has shot pretty much every Brian Singer movie, so he shot all the X Men movies that Brian Singer directed. Oh. And this plus is, all his others. And this is Stryker's master plan because he's been controlling Magneto. Magneto told him everything about the school, and so they just trapped. They just trapped. You know the mega level um, um, Professor X. Yeah, and Cyclops has got a little like Neo from the Matrix thing going. Oh, yeah. here. He's got like the right long, now. it's like the long black trench coat and like the, his glasses almost look like Neo's sunglasses kind of thing. You know, he's getting into these fight scenes now. Ooh. Yeah, this is the first uh, X Men movie Ian McKellen made after doing all the uh, Lord, of the Lord of the Rings movies, actually. And this is. I mean, it, it was a it's a great fight scene. You see the power of Lady Deathstrike, and you get Cyclops taken out. So later on, we can build on this love scene, this love uh, this love affair between Jean Grey and Wolverine. Mm. Everything connects later on. But right now, this is Striker striking, you know, yeah. striking against the um, right. the, uh, the mansion. You know, the, and and it plays in the, the schematics that um, Mystique found earlier in Striker's lab mm-hmm. because he's already planning this, right? 
So Stryker Ooh. is a great villain. Yes. Like for me, like the, I'm looking at this, and I remember Chad, you were talking about that Comic Con trailer and how huge and impactful it was in our lives. Like watching the cartoon, like the mansion was like you know when you're playing tag with your friends and like uh, <laughs> you have that one designated spot that's like the safe spot where right. you can't. That's what the the mansion was. Ooh. So to have someone infiltrate the yeah. mansion like this and They're literally shooting, take shooting everyone all out. the kids with uh, oh, darts yeah. and stuff, but yeah, the who's this one darts. that can run through walls? This is a uh, Kitty Pryde. Kitty oh, not the, the, Ellen Page and not Judy Greer. Judy, Judy Greer is not in this movie. <laughs> Capers, if you listen to our commentary on the first X Men, we and Chris led us to believe that Judy Greer was out of focus in the background as Kitty Pryde. That is not correct because out of focus she looked like Judy Greer. That's not correct. We don't get Judy Greer in any Marvel movies till uh, Ant Man, I believe. So we got, we really? still, we got a little ways to go. That's it. Who's the one? Didn't who's this? Screened? Didn't this? This was a Just rated close. R. There's a rated R cut of yes. this, right? Originally, the MPA rated this movie R because they got a little violent with uh, Wolverine taking out these these yeah. uh, these this uh, infiltration team. Who's the yeah. one who's... What's the Screamer's name? Uh, Starscream? No, that's... That's, that's Transformers. That's Transformers. <laughs> she, she's Star just a... Um, Starscream. Oh, yeah, no. she was just a... Uh, Banshee. 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 She must be related to him. Well, it's Banshee probably Banshee, but she was just... Banshee yeah. was No, this, this was just a student. This, it could be. It could be, but it was just one of the straight students. I had no idea Azazel and... In Nightcrawler. Like, I just... I was thinking about this earlier today. I was like... It would be great to see, like, the... The family tree. I know it's out there somewhere, but like in these movies, you see the family yeah. tree of all these mutants because they all have to be related, right? And then well, the fact that you said Azazel was Nightcrawler's dad, it made so much right. sense. So that girl, the screamer, has to be related to Banshee. It's possible, but but they have in in this thing they have a bunch of um just students there. There's yeah. a straight Ooh, student. This, uh, Here's Colossus. Colossus. Yeah. Who oh. now we've gotten used to watching in the Deadpool movies? Well, well, yes, right. and we he... can see what he lo- he looks like uh, Terminator Two it, from the uh, right the villain in this movie with the CGI and everything. Oh yeah, that's really cool. Our beer is Russian. Our oh. beer of the week is Russian. Oh, good call. It's good just call. like our Colossus. Good call. <laughs> Makes sense. And it is a tall carrot, so it is a Colossus. This is a beer. great. This is a great action scene. This 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 is a great set piece, like the White House. Movie, mm-hmm. this whole kind of invasion of the mansion, yeah, which they thought was a safe space, right? That safe space when you're playing tag, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. See the <laughs> what, tri- do you, what do you call that? I, That's home base. No, yeah, what do you call that? yeah, I don't know, home base or something. I'm not even. Capers sure. in the comments, let us know what that safe space is when you're playing the game tag the, when you're a little the kid. DMZ, I don't know. That's called that's uh, called base, base, home base. Home base. <laughs> so I believe they're. I think they're bringing him back, Colossus. For the Dark Phoenix movie. That well, if they, uh, I don't sense. know if it because the thing is, is that is, actor, yeah. the actor, he he's he's actually in X three. Yeah. But for some reason, there was some kind of contract dispute that he was originally supposed to be in Dark uh, Deadpool, and then they mm. want to recast it. Right. Yeah, they did recast. I just I thought I read something where he's going to be in an upcoming movie, but the actor himself. Oh, I don't my, even know if he's oh, I don't know. Well, back. I don't know if he's coming back, but I I read he was supposed yeah. to be in Deadpool. He was he was in the original like um, camera tests. In the original mm. for Deadpool, and then I know, I'm not sure what the uh, happened. Ooh, but, Wolverine yeah. claws this is right why through the guy's it was foot. Now radar. Wolverine got shot with tranquilizers, just like all the kids. But he didn't. He didn't go down. His immunity go down. Sounds. Yeah, well, he, his his power is healing, so it's probably well. Like, all the other mutant kids got tranked. They don't have healing powers. They don't have, yeah, they don't have healing guess, powers. But it still does that go into his bloodstream? No? It doesn't matter. He's gonna, oh. he, he immediately right. regenerates from anything that. Well, it must not be a strong enough dose. 
No. Night scene. Helicopter. Yep. I can't tell if the ground's wet, though, but, well, here... That ground's wet. Yeah, they're running through the sewers. Yeah, yeah. See escape route. Colossus is the growing kid. So, Chad, since you haven't seen the X-Men animated series, you know that moment where Chad... Or not Chad. You're Chad. That moment where Wolverine is like, you helped them, and he says that to Colossus. I'm like... Wolverine, you're an idiot. That's Colossus. If anyone's going to be able to help you destroy these guys, it's going like, to be come Colossus. Come fight with me, right? Because yeah. he's like impenetrable too, right? Oh, Wolverine jumping down from above. Wolverine he's... kills the most people out of all these movies. Yes, and the, and the thing is, it's funny because like right now, Wolverine is the only adult at the school because everyone else is on missions. Oh yeah, that's right. By the way, yeah. I think Storm, I think Storm and Jean Grey. This and this and this is kind of like the whole ensemble thing where. Everyone plays a part. Yeah, and, um, and this so, expands upon the first one. You you were talking yeah. about the, the ensemble of the first film. Yeah, it's expanded, it, it, and and the story is even broader. It's a little deeper. It's not too complicated, mm-hmm. but it's a lot. It's a it's a lot more intricate. But everyone plays a different part that kind of comes together. Yeah. They find Nightcrawler. Who, who did the first attack? That's what Gene Gray and Storm is doing. Obviously, they um, Professor X and Cyclops went to go see um, Magneto. Yeah, and this is how they get trapped. So, mm. so I was right. He is going to be in Dark Phoenix. Oh, cool. Oh, he is the same yeah. actor. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. But it doesn't say what his character is, so I don't know if it's. Oh, wow. Well, no, it only makes sense. It's not Colossus. It's silly. Well, it's going to be something. And I think that little girl that was yelling, I believe her her character name is Siren. I think I Oh, Siren. Okay. okay. Oh, so okay. I'd have to look online to see what her connection is. She could be connected to Banshee. I'm not sure. So here we have uh, uh, Logan, Wolverine, get being reunited with Stryker. And right now he doesn't have memories of what happened to him. But I believe he, throughout the movie, he gets all the flashes. And yeah. we saw him go into the, the Alkali damn base earlier <laughs> it feels it feels almost like a father element doesn't it well yeah no he he was actually he like him, yeah. he wanted to find yeah. out what happened but, but that's but that's what brian cox's william striker character like that's the way it feels right now he feels like there's a set that he puts his hand up and he's really putting his hand up i think to like feel maybe the the yeah. length but but wolverine does that with his hand and puts it up against strikers and you feel like there's this like element of like you're my father the lighting thing. is but actually for, really for a movie and a half he's wanted to know what yeah. his past is and for sure strikers about to give him the answer no, but, yeah, but he has to make a choice I am I going to help father. these kids or yeah well actually speaking of you know the father thing I mean uh, Hugh, Brian Singer said a huge influence on this movie they wanted to make this their Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. oh. obviously I mean everybody says That's that when you're making a second movie but I mean they did to raise oh. the st- split the team apart, raise the stakes. I mean, you said there was kind of, you know, with the father thing almost. It's almost like yeah, Stryker could say, "No, I am your father." To uh, yeah. to Wolverine, which basically Logan, happens when he reveals that he created Very him and true. stuff. And um, also, Brian Singer said for a visual influence, um, they looked at Road to Perdition, the, the great mm. Tom Hanks Paul Newman movie, which came yeah. out the year before this. Um, can, can, can we just reference what we get right here, which is a uh, a beautiful. Um, brand element to the movie of the Mazda uh, RX-8 introducing it I think for the first time but with it doesn't have custom yeah. hubcaps that look like X's so, though yes yeah, yeah. Called, uh, I love when they do this stuff in movies especially I, Transformers I love this guy here he's like that 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 henchman that second in command like when we were younger there was always a second in command Every evil villain had like the, that henchman. You think back yes. to Goldar, like we didn't even know his <laughs> name, and he was like, "I was like, okay, he's a badass. He's gonna hurt somebody." Now, if you saw earlier, Stryker had all the schematics to Cerebro, 
and they've, they've, they've broken it to the mansion, and now he's he's going to affect Cerebro. It seems crazy to me. I mean, I'm just sorry. And I know a lot of them are kids, but they're all mutants. They should be able to take out the special team. Right. In my the the well, mutants from well, <laughs> NSYNC uh, comes on the radio. That's great. <laughs> yeah. The mutant, the, the little kid mutants from Logan were able to, to do more than these like yeah. kind of high school kids were able to do. Where's X-23 when you need it? Right. <laughs> well, yeah. And, well, the thing is also... The whole plan was they're going to catch him when they're sleeping. Right. He, they right. tranquilize a lot of the students while they're in bed. Mm-hmm. The only reason they even woke up because the uh, siren, possibly siren girl, um, screamed. Right. And woke everyone up. And so the people that got away are the people who woke up. Everyone else is getting... Oh. Yeah. Which makes sense because they would have yeah. targeted the most powerful mutants. They probably would have thought that that screaming girl didn't have any powers at all. Or her screaming really didn't do anything. So they wouldn't have... Yeah. The first, the first mutant they target was the human remote. Who uh, who was still up and he was changing the TV channel? Well, he's and Harry Potter looking dude. Is that more? No, he looked like a Culkin. Yeah, he did look like a Culkin actually. Culkin, didn't he? I'm not going to say that. No, it's not. It looked like one. There, was you know, no, there are no Culkins in this movie either. Are there's going to be Culkins? another. There's a Greer Gate every every episode we do. <laughs> False Judy Greer sighting. She is in a lot of movies, so you know. Mm-hmm. It looks like they CGI'd that gun to an extent, which I don't know why they felt the need to do. Well, that. it was supposed to um, weird. simulate uh, Professor's eyeball, right? Because. Well, but Brian's, there was like the middle yeah. section of it when it was moving. I don't, it's interesting. Brian Singer was given a much bigger budget for this movie. Oh, he was. So. Yeah. Okay. That's why he got but, so many more effects. Well, yeah. What kind, of, what kind of budget are we talking here? Uh, it was over a hundred million. I want to say one. I don't know. Let me. I'm going to confirm. I'm going to confirm. Was the first but, one less than a hundred? Uh, I'm not hundred percent sure. It may have been. Hmm. I think it was. I think we talked about but that during. This one was yeah. bigger. So. And this. Is our first appearance of Rebecca May Bayer? There's Hank McCoy. Beast. There's Hank Beast. McCoy, who's uh, McCoy. on the screen. Right. If, you're if you're watching with us, if you're watching with us, the scene where Rebecca Romaine, the real Rebecca Stamos, is being revealed. That scene with that guy talking um, in the TV. That was Hank. That was Beast. Uh, man, that was, that was Beast. Oh, here we get Rebecca. Rebecca Romaine. Was she still Rebecca Romaine Stamos she at this time? I'm not sure. Yeah, she was Stamos um, as her real self. Which oh, there. Ooh, nice. that was like a, a leg, leg shot. shot. Little, little, uh, What's that movie? Dead, Basic Instinct. Oh, Basic yeah, Instinct. Almost, yeah. Almost. Uh, so pills are undissolved just for us, you know. Did like she Bobby. now? Did she appear in her real form in the first one at all? No, no. no. So this not. is okay. It's the I, first time. This was the set from the first film, I think. Right? Uh, Remember they they had something like this. There plan? was an unused scene where um, who was it? Someone's in school gets bullied. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Cyclops. Right, and I think they ended up maybe not even using it, so they reused the set. Yeah. So now, if, I, this is kind of like with Mystique. It reminds me as you watch these the movies that where Jennifer Lawrence portrays the character. As the movies go on and on, you notice she spends less and less time as Mystique because yeah. Jennifer yes. Lawrence is a pretty huge actress. She doesn't yeah. want to spend five, six, seven hours a day in that makeup and stuff. Yes. And uh, so she spends more and more time as her normal uh, self. Yeah. So first X Men. Oh yeah, I think we talked about this during the first one. Only had a budget of seventy five million, wow, which is crazy. Which is because again untested in the box office at the time nobody knew 
Uh, you know, when the first one was made, how superhero movies, nobody knew how big they were going to be, and they weren't, there weren't any big ensemble pieces like this. And, yeah. But yeah, because that one did so well, this one got a budget of $110 million, so $35 million wow. more. But still, it's great, and it opened to 85 and went on to gross... Uh, this movie grossed 214 domestic, 192 foreign, so 407 worldwide. It's pretty solid. That's wow. really good. Yep. It was that, it, but it was still the sixth highest grossing movie of 2003. Jeez. Well, well, Matrix was 2003, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Matrix uh, Reloaded did really uh, well. And then Finding Nemo, and there were some other big, big A lot, a lot of people probably well. don't realize that. You know, you go online, all you see is the production budget, but you can pretty much double that with more often than not with the advertising. So yes. you really yeah. have to over-double yes. your production yes. to even break even nowadays. That's I mean, true. in general, ever. So. Yeah, and there's a lot more in studios sometimes, yeah. uh, you know, maybe... Yeah, fudge the accounting a little bit to try to make this. Oh, this was successful, but it's like right. no, you spent like two hundred million on advertising. Yep. There's distribution costs, and studios only get Wait. part of the revenue. You know, theaters yeah. get some of the revenue too. But. Wait, what's distribution for people who don't know? Uh, I don't know. Getting the movie out to theaters, which used to involve making actual physical prints of movies onto film reels and yeah. shipping them all over the world and all over the country, but nowadays it's um, putting the copies onto hard drives and getting the hard drives, and then some theaters may even they may even beam it or send just files, beam yeah. it in digitally and stuff like that. So they send hard drives with now, files so. that you had passwords yeah. in order to play. You no, know, we we all were lucky enough to live in the generation where a lot of them, every movie theater was pretty much film based, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure most are digital now. I would think, yeah. I mean, yeah. But here in Los Angeles, if any of you guys uh, capers are listening from LA, there are a lot of theaters that you can still see. Things projected in 35mm, 75mm. The American Cinematheque does that. The Arrow. The Arrow, yeah. The Arc Light, the Egyptian. Uh, the New Beverly, which Quentin Tarantino owns, only shows things on film. Nice. So it's cool to still get to see that. And yeah, it's kind of, you see the grain and the grit and stuff like that. And um, But it's it's fun to still experience that. It's nostalgic, you know. Yeah. I agree. So now this is, this uh, man being wheeled into striker, this is his son. Mm-hmm. Correct? And, Jason? Um, yes. Yeah, Jason, who he's who is a mutant. I'm not sure what his powers. He can, he he can essentially man, yeah tell he can manipulate thoughts in your mind right and make you see things. But he's so Strikers experimented on his own son or tried to get the mutant out of him or something, which is pretty messed up. Well, yeah, and, it's and very. I, uh, stri- oh, go ahead. Go ahead and say no, no. Striker gonna... brings up that story at one point how that his wife was murdered by his son when his son put projected thoughts into her. Her mind, and I think wow. she had to dig it out with like a screwdriver. Screwdriver. I mean, oh, that's, that's why he hates mutants so much, probably. I'm yeah. Sure that fed into it. <laughs> now this this actor is like a, he's notorious. He's played a lot of roles over the years where he's like really skinny. Uh, he was one of the victims in uh, uh, Seven, I believe, the sloth mm. victim, I think. So because oh, wow. of his body type, he plays all these oh, really? like I don't know patients or skinny, starved people. Yeah. Yeah, no, he because because of his son, he this is what this is kind of fuels his like mutant hatred. Yeah, so that's, uh, and that's very like if you think about, I mean, and this is going to get really thought junky, but think about like the religious people who really uh, don't necessarily agree with homosexuality. Like mm. that's you see that in Stryker's hate for the mutants in large at large, and so now bringing that conversation back over to what we're watching on screen we are in bobby's house and chad you might be able to talk about this but didn't uh singer 
like inject himself. No, no, it wasn't Singer. It was uh, Ian McKellen injected himself and said, "This scene, Bobby, you Iceman, when you're talking to your parents, this is going to be like you coming out as a gay." Right. He helped. Yes, Bobby. Yes, Yes. Ian McKellen. I think helped. um, You know, shape this scene with the writers or Brian Singer, the director. Because um, Bobby comes out as mutant, mutant to his parents, and yeah. they wanted to make that very similar to how what it's like for mm-hmm. yes, yeah, somebody to come out as gay to their parents. Well, so. right. William Stryker really is the personification of pretty much everything that is prejudice in the world. Right, I mean, yeah. right. that's why it makes sense. Well, that it, I think some yeah. of his initial appearances, whereas this kind of it's, this very fundamentalist televangelist, mm-hmm. you know, kind of side of things. This which, is when he tries to make the kiss. This is when Iceman actually does the kiss. Oh, that's a kiss, right? He thinks, yeah, he, yeah. he thinks he can do it. And he did it. He did it. For there's a, a will. Bit. There's a way. Ma- he kept. Mama. He kept. He kept. He, he got greedy though. He got a little greedy. He got greedy. <laughs> <laughs> Just like any oh, male would have done. But he got greedy. See, Rogue can't touch him. She still got that. See. Oh this, crap! First time this we met Rogue. Bedroom. Bedroom. Right. Seems, no. Bobby's bedroom now. Bobby's bedroom. Yeah, Bobby. They're not in bed yet, but. But this. I mean, this is the same scene that he tried to kiss. He, she he kissed should not have been able to break away. Bedroom. Though. But hmm? he should have been able to break away. She she can suck the life out of you. Well, the thing is, is that oh, I'm sure she he, he was kind of putting like a little ice shield, and so that's probably what like helped him yeah. be able to do that. Maybe yeah. That's, that's why the first he got away with the first kiss. Oh, cat oh, licking Wolverine's claws. So there's yeah. ice. There's ice tea on those claws, which makes the cat want uh, to lick the claws. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, I was gonna say, poor Rogue. The first time we ever meet her in the first movie, she's with a boy in in her room yeah. and kisses him, and doesn't end well. Right. <laughs> I love this Professor Logan <laughs> Professor Logan <laughs> now I look at this and I'm like it would have been great remember that story I gave in uh, was it Hulk I think about love and like sex and all that mm-hmm. stuff remember I showed those high school students yeah, those? Oh yeah. it would have been so much better to show X2 to those kids yeah why'd you choose That's X-Men 3 you asked that question it- last time <laughs> I was just busy this is this the better star- movie Wait, this is better the movie better and movie and this this feels like X3 and oh. I think maybe failed in our minds because of how commercial it felt. Yeah. Well, this it still, for several reasons. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're well, right. It fell for several reasons, but this still feels like it's in the vein of the first X-Men. Like it felt yeah, artistic. Yes. It didn't feel like a big budget film and still felt, I mean, of course it yeah. feels like a big budget film, but right. it still just feels different than what we start yeah. to see later on. Well, I think this one had a, a very solid, cohesive storyline still, whereas the third one just goes... I mean, we can thank that director for that one, but... I mean, it's just... It's very... Think about it, We're all in the industry, and so it's it's really hard to make a good movie. Yeah. It mm-hmm. actually is. There's so many yeah. things have to fall into place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you can have a... I mean, a, the script has to be good, you know, that has to, but it has to be executed. The direction, the acting, the, the, the way it's filmed. But the thing is, movies are filmed out of order over the course of like six months or something. Just you're doing bits and pieces here and there, and then you have to shape it in the editing room. And I mean, it's everything has to come together and work. You know, yeah. that's why most no. movies are forgettable, and, and only a few end up being really good and remembered. And, well, and that's, that's, that's it's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. What a shitty way to go. Oh, yeah. This is. The uh, the the metal the, she she ejected very tiny bits of metal into his body. Uh, yep. Rebecca Romain. Uh, well, she injected um, iron, I believe. Iron, yeah, right, yes. But just a, but enough enough that couldn't be detected because it was yeah. throughout his bloodstream. Correct. But oh, this is a great he shot. He can it, yes. it, It's so cool seeing what escape. he can do to manipulate metal. It's just mm-hmm. I love what Brian Singer yeah. did there. I mean, it's 
Like, I mean, the size, the shape, everything. It's so cool. This is why he's an Omega level mutant. I mean, the yeah. guy, technically, if he didn't have a code of honor, he could kill everybody. So, Can I don't you, think he actually needed to create that. He should have been able to levitate solely off having met well, in the area. The, uh, yes, the, I guess the, the film version of him, he doesn't exactly fly except Ooh. for... He's basically like a human gun. He's like taking little bits of metal and firing at the speed of bullets yeah. into yeah. people. What were you going to say, Martin? I don't remember. Oh, you also had a question for me that I was supposed to come back to at some point. Uh, what was your question for me? I asked it to you already. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind then. So here's the coming out... Coming out scene. Oh, the lighter yes, that Pyro so. has. You know, it has the shark. I believe that's a reference to Brian Singer's favorite movie, which of course is Jaws. Jaws, yeah. We I think we mentioned this in the other one, but yeah, his production company is called Bad Hat Harry Productions. Yeah. Which you see at the end of his movies and TV shows where it's it's a little cartoon kind of representation of a scene from Jaws and that Bad Hat Harry is a line that right. um, <laughs> that Ro- Roy Scheider, Chief Brody says in Jaws too. Mm. That's a bad hat, Harry. So it's his favorite yeah. movie. So maybe the little shark on Pyro's lighter is a little reference to that as well. Mm. So is his favorite director Steven oh. Spielberg? Um, I don't know. I just know his that's favorite his favorite director movie, isn't Spielberg. I'm not sure. I'm I sure. In, I'm sure. Uh, obviously, Spielberg is a big influence on so, Brian Singer. He's that that age. Cool. So it's if you a, go back to go back to biblical times, you know the the guy who turns in. Iceman here, Bobby, is his brother. What? Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. Yeah, good it's, point. That goes all the way back. Like, there's so many stories that we've been told in order to like view our lives through the craft of these stories and like the brother on brother conflicts. One of them, and you see that so often. Yeah, and now we have the the coming the coming out scene mm-hmm. and. Now the the brother is like calling the is he called well, the cops? Yes, on the because, mutants, including his own brother like that's crazy this is this is this is the part of the fear that the, the fear yeah. that people have of the, the mutants are just yeah. people being different right that kid probably yeah. grew up watching the news and yeah. watching all these things and all the, the fear mongering and suddenly yeah, he hates very, mutants and in the field that your brother is a mutant oh man this is 2000 what 2002 three 2003 so i mean we're looking at homosexuality it's come so far here in 2018 than when it was here Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these and these are things that directly correlate very easily to real life. Fear is the number yes. one driven factor to the reason that people are prejudiced, racist, racist, discriminatory. Yes. Fear really does lead to people being afraid of people, and unfortunately, they yeah. do horrible, yeah. rash. Yeah. You know, this movie was things. filmed less than a year after nine eleven. It was filmed wow. in the summer of two thousand two. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, you know, terrorism, a- that fear also in there as well. You know, you could you could also probably make some connections and allegories to the X Men kind of being like mm-hmm. seen as kind of like terrorists almost, causing yeah. destruction and mayhem when they go. I know that wasn't probably the thought when they were originally. Well, no, I, that, that's exactly day, what the first scene was modern, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the whole that whole mutant freedom thing on the knife. Yep. Yep. All right, that's exactly what it was. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I believe show. Yoda said it best: "Fear leads to hate." Hate leads to anger. Anger leads to the dark side. Something like that, yes. Mm. Creepy, so, creep, something in that regard. Creepy Phantom Menace puppet I th- Yoda. I think I might have mixed up the anger and the, and the hate one, but you get the point. Hmm. See, and you know what sucks? You know what sucks is the fact that a movie all about teaching people how to get rid of fear and not listen to fear and fear isn't real happens to be the one of the worst movies ever, apparently. After Earth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said wow. it. I appreciate you going back. I said it. Yeah, that's okay. It's okay. Uh, the, uh, uh, we'll just remind Capers, we'll say this every time it comes up, Martin saw After Earth 
eleven times. That is that's, that's just that's ten the plus one times eleven times in the theater. In the theater, paid. I, I saw some of it last night because my roommate was watching it. Martin has the poster up in his room. Like he actually it. has a poster. It would say Will Smith's fiftieth birthday. Yeah, he That's went to true. a Will Smith themed birthday party recently. I don't even know. <laughs> Will that was the Will Smith party. That was Willinium. But this the, Will Smith's birthday is today. Yeah, right. he, Bungie jumped into wow. uh, so, into the Grand Canyon. Be honest, have you ever dressed up from that movie for Halloween? No, but I will. Oh, you should then. So, those, I'm gonna go to so, uh, like that. Iceman's mom just said, "Have you tried not being a mutant? That's right? probably have you a tried thing. Not, not being, being gay. gay. Yeah, you tried, <laughs> yeah. Not being attractive. No, I'm sure. I'm gay. sure. Like, I'm sure they. The like we mentioned, the the people who've had those experiences who contribute to this movie probably knew what some common responses would be to sharing that news with people. Right. Oh, so Drop it. the knives. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's great. Is it? God, don't let me forget this thought junkie His, comment I have in my head about about uh, homosexuality. Remind me after well, this scene. Okay, yeah. all right. We want to watch the. Uh, we want to watch. This is the this is the the, the attack scene where after after uh, Bobby's brother caught Ronnie calls yeah. the cops, which which kind of like it it plays in the whole fact of the fear. Ooh, the shot, shot in the, the, shot in the head. forehead. That's okay. He'll be fine. We'll He'll be fine. Regenerate. Wolverine falls down. So some people are like, oh, why did Wolverine pass out? Well, it's like, if you think about it, the bullet probably hit his adamantium skull and still, yeah. like, gave his brain whiplash. Still concussions. It's still, like... Well, concussions when your right. brain moves in your It head. probably did, so it probably would still it, it knock him out. plays in later, because that's just how yeah. he... Uh, mm-hmm. with, with a bullet, you can if you shoot him in the head, you can actually knock him unconscious, because it happens in uh, yeah. Wolverine Origins. Yep. This is how he loses his memory, because they shoot him with a this special bullet in the head. So now that would probably be that would probably be rated R if Wolverine if you actually killed him there and you showed a close up of the bullet wound in his forehead. But since the MPA probably got past it, even though you show blood because it's like oh he'll he'll be fine. So this is really I think where Pyro takes a turn for the dark side here. Yeah, well Pyro is like the the epitome of like uh, the fear. Like he's he's the one who's like he realizes this fear, but he wants to strike back. He doesn't want to like work it out. These practical yeah. explosions uh, are cool. There, there's the duo between him and Iceman, where yes. he's really the Malcolm X character, and, I, and Iceman's kind of. I mean, if you exactly. want to exactly, no, 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 and yeah. he's, he's the, the younger version of it. Oh. No, they, they play that at the very yeah, beginning. They, you yeah. do see that kind of parallel between those two characters. Interesting. So. Okay, Ryan, was there ever? Sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off, but was yeah, there too, ever a? And the future of X Men was there ever a point where Iceman became someone like Professor X and? Pyro became someone like Magneto because oh. if you look at that's that's the parallel we're kind of yeah, looking at here. Not, not in the two co- young guys growing up, looking at oppression from a different point of view. That's literally Iceman and Pyro. Yeah. Yes. No, in, in the comics, the, those two characters really there's not that prevalent of a storyline that I, I recall. Mm-hmm. But in the movies, they decided to play on that. Um, interestingly enough. Iceman in the comics did eventually become gay, and I think it married to a guy. I think oh, he did. I'm he actually in, did. In I, I don't remember the marriage part. I do remember deal. the whole yeah. gay thing coming out. I'm pretty out. sure yes. it was Iceman. That yeah, they're like they're all in on the, on the on the gay. Parallel. I do yeah. remember yeah. that. It's whatever you know, diversity. Good. Is I mean, I don't, I can't tell you what year that was, but I'm pretty sure it was more recent. It was in the last five years, but yeah, Marvel is all about diversity nowadays, especially the comic books. In the comic books, you said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a lot of people are happy about that. People in the comic book industry that oh my God, tend to believe they're, they're called them purist or elitist. They don't want a, a white 
character to be black. They don't want a, right. a, a, yeah. a straight character to be gay. But um, they don't you know want what? a male character to be maybe a woman like they did with Thor, changing it from a man to a woman. So people uh, need to get in touch with the modern world. Like, <laughs> right. Seriously. And it's get not even the modern the world. It's just getting rid of those insecurities yeah. you have about yourself. Yeah. And this is brings me back to my question. I'm like, well, do you do you remember your like your first interaction with a gay or lesbian person in your life? Do you remember how like we all live in LA, so it's normal for us, but not everyone comes well, not from Los up. Angeles. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, no, not, no, not I mean, normal I, where I, mean, I grew up, really. You know. Well, so. no, I, I, I mean, in Arizona, I did. I mean, I, I worked with this guy who was homosexual, and, yeah. But it was, it was, it was. I guess it didn't stand out to me as much because it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just another person. Yeah. yeah. And I just found out he was, and but he was still a person. He was just right. Like a person. Yeah, right. So that's what it was. It wasn't. There wasn't. It, there wasn't anything big about it. It wasn't like I saw him making out with another guy. Or so, it wasn't anything traumatizing. It was just another person that I found out later on that he was not that that homosexual. <laughs> right. But no. But not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. But, so, but, but no, no. Sorry, he's yeah. right. He. It is traumatizing for. It's different. For someone young who wasn't, who grew up, who maybe had a parent who wasn't as open and kind of like, yeah. you know, groomed them a certain way with a certain point of view, that could be traumatizing for someone, but that's not bad. You know what I mean? A conversation can still be had about that and you can learn something from that other person. I, I think that's the key. Just yeah. having an open mind and be willing to learn. If you can right. do that, yeah. then you can you can excel in being open with other people just, that aren't like you. Well, that's yeah. what it's about. It's people's it's fear. of ignorance. It's, it's ignorance and fear because yeah. the thing is, it's if you don't know, there's a lot of people who, who aren't open enough to, to learn. They just go with what they presume. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Prejudge, prejudice. And... Yeah. And and go with that instead of actually like opening up to figure out why and, and understand understand someone else's view. Right. Dude, I, mean, I, I can tell you the the project I'm working on right now is kind of me going back to my neighborhood where I grew up and kind of connecting with the people in that neighborhood because we were all minorities and all from the lower lower socioeconomic class. And me being here in Los Angeles is crazy because. Like I hear people talk and they're like, "You don't sound like a normal black person." Like, and Chris, yes. you can account to this too. Like, that's like the weirdest thing to tell a black person: you don't sound like a normal black yes. person. So people <laughs> t- tell me all the time: one, you don't sound like a normal black person, and two, you sound so intellectual and blah 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 blah. Right? But oh, yeah. in my head, I'm like, there's so many people who grew up, I grew up with, who sound just like me, are just as smart as me, and just as street smart as me. Like, I want to highlight the neighborhood I grew up in so we can kind of humanize people and minorities and people from the lower class because I feel like that's one of just the, the devices that we that the one of the devices that keep us separate in society today like if there's a way to take the middle class and lower class and like kind of meld them together and have them understand one another and get rid of that fear that we've been taught throughout our lives like that's when we Create healing in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We just got serious for you. Kid, yeah. So well, got serious. That's what X Men does for you. The thought junkie's well, here for. That's yeah. what's gonna happen sometimes. <laughs> um, and now we're watching a tornado battle in in the movie, just to, just to get back <laughs> the to the movie. Storm is bad. Storm's tornado Which, battle. By the way, I just want to point out. I feel like Jean Grey with her powers could have just like ripped apart the other yeah. planes, but, but she didn't well, know what those powers and, were yet. Well, in this, yes, this, this in this scene, she. Uh, I mean, in this actual show. She she makes it. 
She makes it very apparent that she's learning her powers. Do you know that uh, apparently Brian Singer claimed that uh, you just saw one of the fighter pilots chasing him, who is a woman, claimed that this is the first time you've ever seen a woman uh, fighter pilot in like a U.S. military aircraft in a movie. He really? claimed that, but I, apparently that's not true. Uh, okay, I can't tell you the first time. I'm sure there's been other instances of that, but he thought he thought he was breaking some new ground there, but yeah. it was not true. <laughs> so, so I'm pretty sure we get the first moment coming up right now where we get an element of the Phoenix in Jean Grey. It's, I, I feel right. like we see something happen with her trying to break apart these... It's going to be in her eyes, I believe. Yeah, she, she, she actually her. tries to... She tries. Right here. Yes. Ooh, little glow. That, yeah. that was never there before. Wow. So, but so as we know, in the, in, the comics, <laughs> in the comics, the Dark Phoenix is an entity from the celestial plane. It's from outer space. It's from a different area. In the movies... It's from what it's like, Chris. It's like a, a mind thing from when she was a kid or something, I believe. Uh, yeah. Well, no, it's it's actually it's actually a mind thing, but it's 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 yeah. a it's a mutant power that's been like buried in her who just doesn't have that hasn't um manifested yet. Right. Correct. Correct. Oh, yeah. This always was really cool. Nightcrawler goes goes out of the plane to save her. Was that was that Rogue who? Was, yes. Yeah. Because she never sleep at all. They have a, there's a little, uh, a little lost uh, Oceanic eight eight flight eight fifteen going on right now. The tail of the <laughs> yeah. plane blew off and they're. Crash landing, not on an island though. But yeah, no, it's that was always yeah. Night Nightcrawler's so good. How is he only in this movie? Like, you know, you I see, know. the great character now coming. So good you see too. similar powers used in these movies, and, and once again, back to well, X Men Apocalypse, he does the same thing in that movie, that Nightcrawler version. So with the and, plane towards the And I will say this: my oncoming will be the same theory. My uh, Ed Norton theory about why he doesn't come back for the Hulk is that. Alan Cumming is an artist. He's a, he, he's one of those artistic um, right actors. So if he doesn't really like something, he he'll like decide not to do it. Yeah, what was right. he on? Like, he was on that show, The Good Wife, right? Is oh yeah, no, he was on the show for The Good Wife for a while. For a long time. But, I mean, yeah. he's, he's done a lot of other things in between that, and him deciding I don't want to sit in seven hours of makeup. Yeah, could be a could be a good deterrent instead of like I need this for my career, yeah, right? Which you know Wolverine at the time he's needed such a for his good, career. Such a good like sympathetic character. It's like a great. Just rewatching this now, yeah. like you sympathize with him. So he's so gentle and he's so like there's so many layers to him. Was well, in this in this scene, I'll, I'll tell you this because if you if you know this, right when Rogue walked on the on, on the plane the very first time and saw him. Her face was; she was all kind of scared and like, uh-huh. "Ooh, what yeah. is that?" Yeah. Right when she walked on the plane the first time, when Rogue Rogue was saved, her he, uh, huh. Nightcrawler saved his life, and now she's like, she's like sitting down. It's kind of like breaking bread with the with the guy. She just doesn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now this is when we get the sense of life. them. They have to. They just met met up with Magneto and Mystique, and now they have to team up. Yeah. So the bad guys teaming up. You don't usually well, see that to the good guys, guys, right? Yeah, a lot of times, yeah, you're right. It happens, it's usually an arc that happens in a good amount of trilogies and movie series and things like that, but um, it's Kylo always Kylo and What's-Her-Face. And Rey. Uh, and and yeah, Rey, yeah, Rey. it happens, yeah. yeah, you get a little sense of well, that. I mean, it, but that's but that's the thing about this 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 movie is that, and even, even the, the X-Men series in general, is like, the bad guys are only bad because they have a different perspective than the quote-unquote good guys. They're 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 wanting the same thing. Just have different perspectives, and they have different. They have they're willing to go further and use different yes. techniques, which might be you know violent or illegal exactly. or something, which the good guys don't want to do. Just to, yeah, to pursue. And, that, that and that's the only makes them yes. a good guy and yes. bad guy. When exactly. watching Black Planet Panther, when we get to that, you you'll see that like how you know uh, Killmonger, Killmonger and and Black Panther. 
they, they, they kind of want the same things, but Killmonger's view is different because of how he was raised. Mm-hmm. Right. Magneto in the comics is not necessarily a bad person. He's just an extreme person who, as we just yeah. they're ex- he's an extremist. Yeah, yeah. He's an extremist. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. all he is. But he, he does have technically good intentions. You don't like hate Magneto in the, when you watch these movies, really. Right. Even you even really like you don't. think about you think about X Men Apocalypse, like. Magneto's character arc, like you think of Magneto as a good person throughout the entire film, so Magneto's not a bad person. I don't think. Well, his no. children get no. murdered, so I think you feel. Well, for him. Hey, he, he, doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't care about murdering yeah. murdering humans. He, I mean, yeah. The thing is, his, I mean, his Malcolm X is like, hey, his his Malcolm X mentality is that yes, I, I'm an, I'm the superior race, right. and we should be treated better than this. Correct. And he's okay with killing. Regular humans or people are not mutants. Yeah. Well, then think about it from this point of view. Like, there's probably a Muslim person who has had a a family member killed by an American yeah. who becomes an extremist. Then you think about that. Then that's that's real life. Mm-hmm. That's translated into these films. That's the Maximoff twins. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Great. No, it's. So um, I was like, "How okay?" So if they're going to incorporate the X Men into the MCU in the next few years, how will they? Like Ryan, what do you think? How do you think they can all of a sudden get mutants into the MCU without you saying where were they the whole time? I, I no, think I they go the route which has been explored with the Inhumans almost, like on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where yes. the mutant gene has been around like in the MCU this whole time, well, but it has to be activated by like the Terrigen Mist they're, they're to bring not, it out. In, Inhumans, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're really a different race. They're not, they're not really mutants, but All they're right. not going to go that route because they already cut that movie it's done. I right, think, I don't even think and they've explored it a lot on the well, TV. Yeah. yeah, they did the TV, TV they did the series the already. Yeah. Agents, yeah. Of, well, Agents of Shield has had right, that long running storyline. But too. I, I, you know, I think what a lot of people wanted for a long time, um, and I'm in a Facebook group with over 300,000 people, and this is what I remember hearing for a long time is they wanted to see X Men versus Avengers essentially. It's clearly not going to happen anymore because no. the Avengers are winding down. So and it would mess up the continuity of the MCU. It like, would. where were they oh, yeah. the whole time? So, like, right. You know? So but, it's a good question. I don't know how they're going to enter them into the series. Which they're going to have to explain with Captain Marvel, as we'll see. Like, where was she yeah. the whole time? She's been out in space since Well, the they have a plan for that, though. I know, yeah. they do. They've yeah. been So we'll find out. Yes. Yes. And yes. I will say, there is that connection to Miss Marvel, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, yes. to Mystique and Mutant. So, so there may be a way to enter them. And, yeah. and they do have a celestial element to them as well with the Phoenix. But you've so already, when they go to the Eternals, you yeah. could go there. You could go to that Celestial Island. We've already but seen that, the Maximoff twins that were created from what Loki's scepter. There was the Mind Stone. Well, Mind Stone, yeah. yeah. Instead of being mutants, they already kind of explained that. They were experimental, That's canon, yeah. kind of now, yeah. But, I just think they're going to have to mix it up a little bit to bring yeah. them in. I don't know. Kevin Feige's a, he's a mastermind. We'll, we'll see what he comes up with. So, so, are we going to say something, Martin? I forgot. I, okay, I, I love this. Sorry. I forgot because what you guys were talking about was so two, interesting. This, this, I, was like, yeah. I was listening to it. I'm like, oh, this is so good. And now we have the two, the two blue Chris. people on screen. This here. is one of my favorite scenes here. Oh, okay, go ahead, man. Uh, Nightcrawler talk. and Mystique talking. The because, kids on his mom? No, no, no. <laughs> no, not, no Nightcrawler talking to Mystique. And what, when Nightcrawler, what Nightcrawler is saying is like, you have the ability to beat anybody. Yeah. Why would you want to be, oh, yeah, why would you yeah. be a mutant? Yeah. And her statement is because we shouldn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to. He hides because he he's you know, he's he, he's shy. He's, he's been like bullied his whole entire life, and she's she's a freedom fighter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The thing is, every single character in this thing has a has a purpose, mm-hmm. which makes this movie great to me. 
and, and, and every I, single panel. And I will say the storylines from one to three really did progress. So yeah. yes, you know, three obviously it's like chaotic well, as hell with mutant. Oh yeah, no, it turned into a battle. You know, yeah. game, become human again essentially with that, that power. But I just anyway, feel, before we go too much into that, I just feel like those three films were like so crucial. The first three X Men films were so crucial and creating this landscape where superhero films can thrive so you had to have the most impactful storylines or the most like star power and well he jackson wasn't a star but you had to have holly berries you had to have holly berry you had to have (laughs) i want holly berry so you had to have these characters to kind of draw us into watching this so it can create some type of a uh, a world that we can kind of connect to. I don't know. These films are, they don't get enough credit for starting this superhero oh, yeah. film yeah. craze that we're in now. Well, yeah, this well, is, the X-Men well, was the catalyst. Wolverine's having a very sexually confusing experience right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, thought it was so. Jean Grey and then it went to, and then it went to, uh, then it was Mystique and then she changed into Striker for a minute and or I think she even yeah. turned into Rogue for a second. Yeah. How did Mystique know all that about Wolverine? <laughs> How did she know all of his fears? Because uh, she's been paying attention. Yeah. Know, very, so, she's a so spy. We, so we get we get them in costume right now in their X-Men outfits or uniforms and one thing that uh, once again uh, I think a lot of the comic book and the movie superhero community wish they did differently was bring in the original X uh, Wolverine outfit of the, the yellow, yellow and the oh. People wanted that. What, what, would that have looked too ridiculous? Wait, didn't they bring those they in for one of the recent? Didn't first class or one of them? Didn't they wear yellow? There was oh, a cameo of it. In like, oh. there's like, it's like you see it, but he never wears it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Right. What if that just maybe wouldn't have translated well, as well? They, they make a reference of it in the first one. What? Think about what? They make a reference of it in the first one when you, when, the, when you see him all dressed in black. And he's yeah, like, yeah, what, yeah. You, what, you want me to wear yellow spandex? I mean, what film series was huge around this time that had black spandex? Matrix. Right, you know I mean? yeah. right. Like we said, yeah, Cyclops is doing a little little neo neo action yeah. earlier in this. But these are choices that directors make sometimes, and they mix things up. And you know, look, it doesn't usually bode well for the the the, the, the fan base community of everyone. But could have been could have been Fox saying we need we need them to look yeah. like the Matrix superheroes. No, nope, very very true. Yeah, true. Got to compete with Warner Brothers. Yeah. So so um, uh, Pyro is being. Uh, Essentially, um, enticed, uh, yeah, yeah, recruited, seduced, 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 seduced recruited to, to join Magneto's Brotherhood of Mutants. Um, yes. Doing a good job at it. Oh yeah, if Martin. They probably had to compete because there were two, not one. There were two Matrix movies the year this came out, mm. two thousand three. Mm. You had actually the same month as this was right after this was Matrix Reloaded, and then six months later was Matrix Revolution. Right. So wow. yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, you got that scene. It's, that scene is kind of like it's kind of like the py- pyro being enticed to the dark side. Yeah, look at we'll the lighting here. The, the lighting on Brian Cox, like the overhead lighting, just like you can't even see his oh, yeah. eyes. It's, it's very, now it makes it, he's the. He evil. looks like he's he was under a green lamp. It looks yeah. like he was under a green lamp. Green lamps, <laughs> green lamps. <laughs> Martin will check all the boxes every time. Just green <laughs> lamps. Wet street, wet action scenes at night. Uh, <laughs> Helicopter at nighttime. Asian reporters. Asian is, there reporters. Been Asian, <laughs> is there an Asian reporter in this one? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> not yet, but the movie's not over. <laughs> you're, whatever you're talking about, a second, and Chris, you're right though. What were you talking about? Do you remember? Oh, oh, the uh, the being attached to the dark side, the pyro, the 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 two sides of pyro. Yeah, I think. I mean, I I'm so excited, and I I'm so I want to go back and just like read stories of all of the biblical characters. You know, it's been so long since I read the Bible and whatnot. But like, if you think about this, it's like 
superheroes were called something else back in the day. They were called gods, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, superheroes mm-hmm. are just our generation's version of what a yeah, god that's is. that's true, that's well, true. Well, you're kind of playing on, i got to be honest, Hancock right there, because that's what's mentioned in that movie. It's like, <laughs> the, the, the yes. past day gods are the current day superhero. That's what yeah, the transformation is. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. But uh, it was kind of funny. Um, I have to point out, I, I, you know, I think as a moviegoer, you don't think about these things too often, but I, I couldn't help but notice it was interesting in that scene there was a moment where on everyone else it was a still shot but on Wolverine they were pulling into him slowly uh-huh. um, I, I don't know what that's called pushing in pushing, pushing yeah, in dollying into and I, him yeah. and, and I guess they were trying to emphasize maybe well yeah because he's, he's back to his where he was created and right. he now we saw him here earlier did he travel here himself earlier in the movie we saw he, he well no he did like, but, but he he only stayed on the surface it was right, frozen right. But now he didn't know it was on the ground right. thing but what I wanted to point out there was I think between the camera angle mm-hmm. movements and the lighting yeah, yeah, yeah. that can really play a lot into an emotional right. and it's moment, just so. showing yeah. like this is important to him and you want yeah. to read the emotions on his face and what right. he's thinking and so I would challenge moviegoers to pay yes. attention to that stuff more because yep. you gotta find yeah. something interesting there are and filmmakers yeah there are reasons behind every Director, director's Shadows choice, yeah, yeah. lighting, what, what and a, cameras. What stuff. election was won by camera angles? Uh, that what, would be John know, F. Kennedy and, Kennedy and um, was it Lyndon? And, not Lyndon. And, uh, uh, oh my God, Nixon why, and Richard Nixon. Thank Nixon, you. Nixon, right? Yeah. That's because John, yeah. John F. Kennedy won. Well, because he was a good-looking, he was a good-looking young guy, and so television really yeah. affected that. It was and, the first ever, right? That's one thing. And what else, Ryan? Oh, this is well. I think Richard Nixon was sweating profusely and just looked nervous and. And like he, you know, uh, didn't feel confident, and I think that pro- pro- projected on the screen for that average <laughs> viewer. Yeah, and it, you know, it won Kennedy essentially. The wow. Okay, yeah. I just got fooled again. Mystique has just turned into everybody in this movie. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the thing, the thing is, she is that they, out. Oh my god. They, they wanted Wolverine was going to go in there because what he would let Wolverine in, <laughs> but but we needed someone who can unlock the gates. And Mystique, have oh, the, yeah. Mystique so has the knowledge. I'll watch a whole movie of Mystique yeah. action. Yeah. <laughs> what, well, what's so cool about Mystique is in the movie is you get to see the other actors portraying her too. So like, yeah, that's true. Like yes. Ryan Cox do like the gun thing. And he has to do the funny. little kiss, like yeah. wave. Yeah, yeah Striker just looking under the door and like waving. Like, yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. funny it's when you think about interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. But the thing is, and that's and that's why you could cast a model that hasn't done the best acting experience in this role because there's it's it's not right. It's not it's not as I guess uh, the character's great. She's very serious. She doesn't have to have big range as Mystique, right? And and then half the time it's other actors playing her. That's true. That's where the range comes into play. But then but then when when Jennifer uh, Jennifer Lawrence takes over, you see a lot more Jennifer. That's what we're saying. Yeah, there's a lot like you said before. Yeah, she's a better actress, and yeah, she doesn't have to be in the makeup, and yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's true. Didn't think about that. Oh, and and in that point, it's like he she has. I mean, if you notice, Mystique as a character doesn't have that many lines period yeah that's no. why that that one of my favorite lines is that's when she talks in her real voice right. that what she says mm-hmm. that like we don't have to uh, we shouldn't have to right most of the yeah. time she's talking to those other people or talking in a different voice yeah yeah that's so true and but that's like Jennifer Lawrence has has monologues right <laughs> yes. yeah. and, that, and that's and that's and that's so like you know when you always see like who's the better Joker who's the better Mystique who's the better Professor X like Sometimes those questions just aren't valid because you can't answer them. You know what I mean? Like mm. you can't compare every Rebecca actor Romaine. brings something. No, you, well, yeah. even even the storytelling, you can't repair Rebecca. You can't compare Rebecca to um, Jennifer Lawrence because she's Morris. not giving as many lines. Yeah, and it all dep- yeah. 
No, it all depends on the story and the script and the way they're used and the yeah. context of the movie. And yeah, every every actor brings great stuff to character the character. If it, multiple people playing the same character, yeah, right. No, you're right. I love James, James McAvoy's Professor X is great. Patrick right. Stewart's great. You know, it's it's uh, 100%. it all depends. Yeah, it's what this. It's sometimes what the script calls for. Michael Fassbender is awesome as Magneto. Oh but yeah, like Ian McKellen is also. I mean, it maybe is more fun to watch Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart like chew it up as those characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. They're just like they're so good. Maybe they were the first ones, but but those yeah. other two actors, James McAvoy, and Michael Fassbender, are so perfect as the younger versions. You know, right? They inhabit that really well because they still bring that spirit. Like when I look at Ian and Patrick, like in these films, yeah, they're so much more older and wiser. And right. I don't need a lot you of bring that. Wi- I need yeah. one level yes. from you. Like I don't yeah. need you to become like a. I don't need this performance to be an Oscar nominee. No, yeah, performance. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like when you look at McAvoy and Fassbender, like they bring so much emotion to these characters mm. because they're young. Right, and because they don't understand what this world means to them yet, yeah, what yeah. being a mutant means. They've to been through them. all the experience, right? Yeah, and that that plays very well, and that's why I like Days of Future Past so much. Like, think about think about this film. Like when we decided to create this podcast, Shed, the idea was to create the Oscars level of superhero oh, yeah. films. Martin uh, Capers Martin would always ask me to. If we did the superhero Oscars, what would be like best picture? Uh-huh. What would be you know best actor? You know best cinematography, etc. For all the categories they do in the real Oscars, but specifically for superhero movies. So yeah. maybe we'll do a special. Maybe around the Oscars, we should do a Ooh. we should do a special cape seat free where we debate and come up with our picks for that and. Maybe we vote and actually reveal the winners. Oh, that'd be oh, so fun. We're gonna start planning that. And anyway. maybe we can get them involved too. We can get the capers involved somehow. Yeah. That sounds like a fun oh, game. Yeah, we're doing yeah. it. We're doing it. That could be we're gonna, so we have so, we have a few months. Yeah, we have a few months. But uh, make that I think I might we'll be, definitely make that happen. I might be like caught up off of uh, glass still. Oh <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so you're saying that was one of the ideas that was kinda of, this kind of spun off from, so yeah. yeah, I don't remember what, what so because these movies very rarely actually win major Oscars. If it's anything, it's just like technical things. Maybe this yeah. movie was nominated for zero Oscars, by the way. But. So we're in the scene now where where re, where William Stryker is telling his son to force um, Professor Xavier to essentially start killing all the mutants on Earth by using Cerebro, and and it just this is where you really get to see how powerful. Such a smart be. plan. It, yeah. it was a very smart plan, actually. You're right. I mean, and, yeah. and in the comics, he does have genius level intellect, so he has the ability to. Striker does. Yeah, Striker. He yeah. he can manipulate and come up with you know genius ideas like this. So. Jeez. Yeah. Now, is the little kid a it's, representation? He's not. No, real, that's right? what that's what that's what uh, Patrick Stewart sees. That's what uh, uh, Professor X sees. It's he's, a, he's it's a younger his version mind. of himself. No, he's just making an innocent version of is one of the, the students. Is the little girl a younger version of Patrick? It's one of the students that, he's, he, that oh. he thinks he's helping. So that's why they keep okay. coming back and forth. I, I thought I had some memory that it was actually a boy with long hair. No, it's no, a no. Girl. It does look okay. like a boy. I thought it was a boy. A okay. I, I took it as it's just a very No, but that kid's, I don't think that kid's actually there. I think it's in his no, mind. No, she's not. No, it's all yeah, in his mind. It's in his mind, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. In fact, he's not really in Cerebro. He's actually at uh, Striker's Lab. I think lab. it's a boy. Are you no, sure it's, it's not a boy? It's 100% a girl. All right, never mind. I don't know. It's been a while since I've watched this. There's a lot of people who talk about the entertainment industry, like... Playing off all of our greatest fears in order yeah. to sell, 
Like, this is one of our greatest fears, right? Our mind taking control <laughs> right. of us, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's from AI or whether it's just from some type of disease that happens, our mind taking over, and that's one of the biggest fears, and we're seeing that through this X-Men film. Yeah. Right? yeah. But yeah. I think, no, I think, I think the little girl character was simply uh, David Stryker's son's projection of a relaxed, trusting, you know, character, like, little, you know, girl that, that Professor Xavier uh, could buy into that she's trying to help you know get help from him and okay. you know, force him to do things but in a very <laughs> relaxed subtle way so he doesn't think he's not in you know his own mind at the moment which he is right mm. okay 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 so I'm looking at this right now and I'm trying to tie in X-Men's ensemble cast versus Avengers ensemble cast mm-hmm. oh. is the only difference technology and time technology and time is that the only difference? Well, I mean, it's, it's a Chris, thing, well, yeah. Chris talks <laughs> about how this ensemble cast, everybody has a purpose. Everybody has some type of storyline that pushes the story forward. Right. I didn't necessarily see that before, but I see it in Avengers. Is the only difference between X-Men 2 here and Avengers, like, per time. Like, the advancements in technology. How, like, you know as... The technology as, that they get to use or in the actual filmmaking... In the actual filmmaking. Oh. Like, think about yeah. how YouTube videos are so important and popular now. Mm-hmm. And it's because we only want quick 30-second videos. Like, think yeah. about how the world now wants shorter and shorter and shorter. Like, this seems a little bit longer than Avengers in terms of, like, the story that's going on with these characters. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like it's just as important this fight between Cyclops and Jean Grey is just as important as the fights between Tony Stark and Captain America. Well, Avengers is pretty long. I mean, they had like a two but, bunch of movies to set. They had way more movies to set up the Avengers yeah. than they right. did but to they, set up this. But X Men did it without that. Right. X Men did it oh, yeah. without the years and years and years of movies. Right. Right. So X Men not all these. More, none of these well, had people the had solo this, movies before this point. You know. Yeah, well, the stories. It's just the stories. Are, I mean, these characters. Yeah, we know a little bit about them. We don't know like with um with the safe with the Avengers. You got to know each of the characters throughout their stories, and all those and all little pieces of those story like added to the Avengers right. storyline altogether. Yeah. Well, this this was just. I mean, it was just. They they found purposes with each of the characters within this storyline. Right. Yeah, I still feel like you get to know these characters yeah. pretty well, even just through these two movies. Yeah. As, as at this point, but, but I mean, there's something about like Marvel made it work where you got to know these characters really well through their own solo movies and stuff, and even more, right. you know, uh, before they so, all teamed mm-hmm. up. But. So it's not fair. You can compare X Men to United to Avengers because this is the Avengers of our time. Right, and I mean yeah. that's hard. That's harder if you don't give it, all these characters they get their own solo movies. You have to cram in backstory and exposition without it seeming seeming too well, heavy handed and, and stuff. And, and to be clear, weave it in. the Avengers they all had their own first appearances before Avengers One came out in nineteen sixty three. Yeah. Oh, in the comics, yeah. X Men's first appearance was all together in X Men number one. So oh, wasn't right. Solo Good call. Good so it kind of makes sense that it would happen. They were developed yeah. differently. Yeah, the, developed, the comics, yeah. they all had their own first appearances separately before they came out. That's true. Episode. Yeah, it's not like they, like uh, Wolverine and Professor yeah. X and Beast. They were all had their own separate lines and then, oh, let's team them up. Yeah, you're right. They were developed. It, it, was, it, was, it was already a team. That's a good point. Yeah, so yeah. you kind of look at them 
differently in that it, way. It, yeah. it almost makes more sense that Marvel would approach the Avengers like that. Yeah, building the the team up together. It, it would have been weird to just throw them, thrust right. them into the Avengers. But it's like the Avengers themselves individually are not necessarily more powerful than some of these mutants. I mean, some of them are, um, I guess. Well, not Thor I mean, is pretty powerful, Captain. No, I mean, like Wolverine's right. pretty. He could, you know, he's probably more, he's more say, powerful than I'm Hawkeye. I'm not gonna say powerful, but the thing is, it's more, it's more of their like their story. Yeah, like Iron yeah. Man, Iron Man's first movie, he had enough story to do, do right do, to ha- ride the whole. Well, obviously, movie Wolverine time. has a lot of yeah. uh, story, story himself, to be explored, which, which they have, which is why he's the first one that yeah. branches out. But yes, <laughs> but um, I mean, Cyclops' story, yeah. I would have loved to see the Magneto movie they were going to do at one point. Yes. If or- X Men Origins was better, like I want because I love that scene in the first movie we talked about that with like him in the concentration camp, and, right? Like, not you know during World War Two mm-hmm. and like I love World War Two stuff. I would have loved to see that explored more. Like well, that, that I mean, it turned period. into first class, That's right? And then yes, we get into yeah. the, well, we get into the Cold yeah. War, Cold War. But I do, but I, I do agree with what you're saying. It's like. Yeah, it would it would have been great to like see some of these yeah. characters explore because yeah, is, but, I, I would love to yeah. see Storm because Storm does have a, yeah. a much more richer well yeah uh, first class backstory. did get us to, to see some of that in Days of Future Past which is great which is I actually yeah. really like those movies when we start to kind of go back and 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 see some of that X Men Origins Wolverine different story but you um, could but things with Storm you could do a, a, a Black Pack. Panther version of it because yeah. that's what she, she's on. I, I don't actually know which country she's from in Africa, but she has an entire backstory before she becomes this. But that is developed later on. I believe that's Kenyan, developed later on in the I comics. Mean, she she, her Kenyan. first appearance was in the in X-Men comics before her own, right? Her, her um, first appearance was... Uh, well, yeah, not all the characters started out in X-Men 1. I mean, well, yeah. so I don't X, think she was one of the first. Her first appearance was in, once again, 1975 in Giant Says X-Men. She was one of the new X-Men. So. Yeah. Yeah, some some of them, some of them, Kaylee. I mean, once again, Wolverine came first, but in Hulk one eighty one, and then eventually appeared for the first time in X Men ninety four. So they definitely appeared uh, later on a lot of the time. But the X Men themselves first came together as a team. So, so we have a, we're in Strikers layer now. So there's bubbling vats of uh, adamantium. So adamantium is silver. It's not green. We talked about there's a lot of bubbling, bubbling vats of green liquid in a lot of yeah. these uh, movies, but uh, it's not green. This is gray. Yeah, but still a bubbling vat of liquid. Yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah. So Wolverine and Yoriko are, are fighting now, and oh, I love that scene when the claws come out. It's awesome. yeah. And that's the real uh, Lady <laughs> strike. This is where we get like more of. Um, so we don't get to learn any unique backstory between these two characters, but once again, there is a backstory between right. these two characters in Japan and, and their relationship. Um, and there were love interest. So right, that's why right. I hate. As, this that's, is probably the one part I dislike the most about X Two. Mm-hmm. Is I wanted to see that relationship. Well, they, yeah, these two. they cool. turn they turn Lady Deathstrike into an henchman. Yeah, that, that's yeah. essentially why she becomes Lady Deathstrike. It has a lot to do with I think the scorn from Wolverine and him um, rejecting her. So I, I definitely remember that being part of why she becomes who she becomes. So there's a there's really big hatred for, for Wolverine uh, in the comics and in the animated series with her and him. Um, their fight seems so emotional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have many lines in this movie. She, I don't... She has like she one has line. Two lines or wait, 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 wait. She has healing powers here. Yes. No, she she, she didn't have thing. that before, right? It, no, no. She, wait, she doesn't she have that? that. No, she has that in this movie. And this, and, the is, movie. and this is the one. This is the one bad thing about just the X Men series in general, which they did with the Deadpool as well, is they made they they altered some of the heroes' powers just so they could 
be combative to the to hero. I mean, some of the villain's powers so he can be combative to the hero. That's right. why they turned Deadpool, Deadpool into what he was. What was he before? And well, no. In um, if if you remember in um in in War, Wolverine Origins, uh-huh. Deadpool. Oh they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they sew his mouth shut and they give him all the powers of like a bunch of mutants. Well, he was the bastardization of Deadpool. Yes. Yeah. Wait, so Deadpool didn't like have a com- comedic flair in the comics? Oh, he's full oh no, of he did. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. But no, that's, but, they, but they bastardize him in the movie, right? They, yeah, they, they, they turned they, him into some like Frankenstein. Yes, yeah, made no sense. That couldn't talk, and well, that got that got corrected at the end of Deadpool. Exactly, too. it did. Don't tell me I've seen it. All right, but, well, oh yeah, Martin has seen But no, if 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 you are. Uh, uh, there's an interview with um, Ryan Reynolds when he he told them at the time when he read this part, he said, "Listen." I think the fans would probably be pissed off with this version of Deadpool. Yes. And they pretty much told him, well, if you don't, if yeah. you don't want to play it, oh. you don't have to play it. Pretty much. This yeah. is how it's going to be. You don't want to do it, we'll get somebody else. Well, I thought Deadpool in Wolverine Origins, I thought he was badass. Like, I, I didn't hate him. I knew he... I knew that... I knew the name Deadpool. He, he's just... Well, it's just no different than... I don't disagree with you. He's an interestingly cool character. Well, not he's a cool character, but it's just in any scenario, if you changed up a character so drastically that you're like, I'm not getting anything even remotely close to the source material. Yeah. So just, I mean, okay, there was elements of Deadpool with him, but it really was just far off. So, it, you know. well, like no, the beginning Deadpool, like oh. Ryan Reynolds actually talking, and yeah. like at the very beginning in that's Africa, the closest trying... you get to, yes. Him. Right. <laughs> Well, no, that, that's 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 the closest you get to Deadpool in, in Origins, and then yeah. later on, he, they just saw his mouth shut, which is not Deadpool whatsoever. No, and, and they Deadpool. give him all these like they give him these claws, and they give him they give him Cyclops's like he gets laser ability and all that well, stuff. Well, they, they turned him into like mutant X, right. whatever. Yeah, he was, mutant, like, the, yeah. That past Wolverine, he's like the, it just didn't make any sense. So, Lady uh, Death Deathstroke Deathstrike Deathstrike. Death Death so she just got pumped full of adamantium. So she's yes. toast. Now, when she fell into the water, the water, the lighting in that room makes it look very green. The water looks very oh. green. So another vat of green liquid <laughs> that somebody falls into. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying it's that we check that box for the superhero movie as well. Yeah. I I I I didn't expect the X Men to come together so quickly in the second one. Like I didn't expect Magneto to be working with the X Men. I I don't even remember as a kid if I knew like that was an option in storytelling to have your hero become allies with your villain. But well, I just find a greater threat, yeah. right? I just remember it as a well, kid, like, wow, this is good. Like when I saw him, when I saw Magneto, like raise his hand and stop the plane from falling, I was genuinely surprised. Like, how the f does this happen? And, and why? Yeah, right. And so it, it, it what's funny, and I'm going to go off superhero films. This is regarding Hamilton. My niece is like ten, and she came to me, and well, she's twelve. She came to me, and she was like, "How did Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, like, how did they fight each other?" How did he get killed? They were best friends. And I'm always just like, wait till you watch X-Men. That's like my thought in my head. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and there's the famous historical... I mean, I don't know when the saying came, but the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So yeah. I think that's yes. where you're playing yes. with that notion. Yeah. Another um, story we've been taught. Yeah. Someone was taught early on. It's been written in books. And now we take it as canon. And we create things mm-hmm. off of that canon that creates more canon. Yep. Yeah. Storytelling, man. That's how that's how impactful storytelling is. It's been here since the beginning of time. Well, the beginning of humans, and and aliens, and well, and aliens. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, we're getting some nice outdoor 
Canadian shots. And they filmed um, yeah, up in Canada in an area where there's usually a lot of snow. But of course, the time that they went to film this movie, there was like no snow, so they had to add a lot of fake, fake snow around. Uh, Which of course that is where Wolverine is originally from. He's the Canadian superhero. So yeah, it's kind of funny. Right. That exactly, that's right. It's the Canadian superhero. That's because right. Because it's just kind of an yeah. origin movie for him a little bit. So. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the uh, see. The thing is, Magneto actually wants to help Mutant Kind, so he does want to authentically help Professor X. Mm-hmm. Wait, who does he want? What's up? He he's 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 he stopped. Um, uh, what's it? Uh, um, Striker's son. Well, he's he's going the opposite route here. He's about to tell Xavier to kill all the humans on Earth. So. Well, yeah, yeah, but no, but but he wants to help the mutants. So that's the thing. It's right. like Correct. he wants to help. Yeah, yeah, besides yeah. the story, but that's the helping that's, the that's mutants. The, but. It's a radicalization of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. yeah, you're right. Helping the mutants yeah. means killing, killing humans, right? Which is just crazy to think about. That <laughs> you're gonna let every human on Earth die. I mean, that's just that's nuts. Yeah, that is crazy. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's he's, what he's about to he, do. he believes he's a superior race. Yeah, which like, which is actually kind of play, plays in the fact that he is actually coming from a concentration camp because right. he, as a kid, he was hit and he was oh right. tortured by Hitler. Uh, so I mean, think about he, that. Uh-huh. He, he, he that cycle though. Yeah, but mutants are such a small enemy. part of the population. You think about it, if he wipes out all the humans, it's like who's gonna empty your garbage can at the end of the week, Magneto? <laughs> who's gonna serve you at the restaurant next time? Who's gonna stock the shelves in the grocery yes. store next time you go out, Magneto? Right? Might not all be mutants, like. Who's going to bring you all your fucking avocados? Who's going to manufacture, like, uh, yeah, all all your your helmet and stuff? You got to know some metalworking mutants or whatever, you know? Like, I don't know. I don't think he thinks that far. He doesn't think about those things. Like, mutants are what percent of the population, would you say? Oh, God. I would say less than 5%. One. Right. So it's like the world's not going to be able to function. He won't be able to, like, live a normal life. I don't know. Okay, so hold on. Question. Where. We know Avengers takes place in New York. Where does Thor take place? He shuts this. Some like uh, they're in like the, town. they're in like uh, New, the southwest somewhere, aren't they? Iron Man takes place where? L.A. is the first one, and then it goes to New yeah. York. Okay, well my my theory is debunked because <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man takes this place. takes place in New York. <laughs> yeah, most superhero movies are uh, New York. It's one reason, like we su- talked about during Iron Man, Favreau set the first Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, Los Angeles because everything else set on the East Coast. Yeah. Oh, that looks painful. Yeah. That punch really should have knocked him out. I mean, he's got full-on adamantium in his body, so you can't... Well, he probably... Punch he didn't swing his hardest, that's all. He shouldn't have to. <laughs> uh, they showcase that in the first X-Men when he's fighting in the cage in the beginning and he barely hits the guy and the guy goes down, so... Yeah. He really shouldn't have had to hit that hard. <laughs> and this is... He doesn't remember volunteering for this procedure. No. Okay, so why did he vol- just from the superhero, not superhero, the X Men films that we've seen? Why did he volunteer for this program again? No, I don't remember. Like because he was trying well, to. It, it, it shows in Orchids, but um, he's trying to get it? back at he was trying Sabretooth. to get back at the Sabretooth, right? Yeah, his brother. Yeah, well, I I don't remember. I, I, I don't. Well, remember. the thing is, both of them, the both of them, Sabretooth actually volunteers too, but yeah, he doesn't he doesn't do it to Sabretooth later on, and so he works with Sabretooth and. Well, Striker says he can't handle the right. yeah. Striker knows exactly. That's be and that and that's brought up. So, adamantium was brought about because of a man's emotional. A man, a, a superhero, a Wolverine, a beast. His emotion that he feels for the woman he loves getting hurt. That goes back to the Hulk. 
that we did last week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that Hulk, he actually his emotional growth and whatever, like I don't know, transformation. Like, this transformation, I guess, mm-hmm. is a good word. Happened because he saw his love interest get right. hurt. Like think about all these men, superheroes, who's not necessarily origin, but like something happens that propels them to shift and, and and transform into something else because of watching the woman that they love get hurt. Like that's another story love, that love we've interest been told. is a strong reason for in right. the comics yeah. at least. That's Batman for something to happen. Yeah, that's it. Doesn't Wolverine. necessarily have to be a woman. It could be your parents, like in Batman. Right. I mean, it could be a lot of things, but. It's, that is usually a defining, um, you know, uh, yeah, reason that I, I guess would project a character to become who they are or do something that they need, feel they need to do. Yeah, right. And so, is that what the superhero films were missing before? You mean like this one? This is and, and our and like all the Batman's that happened before. Is that what they were missing before? Like that emotional aspect of really uh, feeling? If we're talking like the '90s Batman, yeah, then, yeah, but those were meant that. to be campy, Probably. so I, I, yeah, you know, they were gonna kind of be just what they were gonna be, but. right. Um, That's why X Men was so important because yeah. it wasn't just about the powers; it was about right. their emotions and how they deal with and create relationships and deal with the world. Yeah. I mean, even in Blade, you kind of get that a little bit yeah. with that character, with the the girl character. I mean, he right. does feel for her, mm-hmm. right? But then again, he just loves killing vampires. <laughs> uh, he thought he got away, but uh, Strager thought, yeah. <laughs> So now we have the full force of Cerebro going towards the humans instead of the... Uh, Which later on humans. will play into the fear of mutants. Because Very true. This is, this is obviously a mutant power enough to kill everyone in the world. Right. Including the president of the United States. Yeah, so, right. we, so now as audience members, we're reminded of what the president went through in that opening scene of yeah. the opening of this film. So it's know? like the bad guys, you know, they... They're just going about it the wrong way. You don't kill all the humans. Right. You got to work with them. You can't. This is just going to make things worse. Like uh, wow. um, Martin, you watched. You've watched that show Humans on AMC, right? The robots. Yeah. Have, this past season is the same thing. You had a group of the the synths, as they call them, robots, who are more well, who are more extreme, and they yeah. they instead of you have the good guys who are trying to like work with the humans and make it work. These these extremist ones are like doing terrorist acts and killing right. humans and things like that, which only is going to make things worse. Only right. make their relations work, but they don't see it that way, you know. Yeah. And that's it's exactly what's happening here too. So it's like what there's one group that tries to better themselves and that only ends up alienating themselves from the rest of the population and the rest of society so that's that happens I feel like that happens all the time <laughs> just think about the think about what Kaepernick is doing right now right you know what I mean like there's so many people who are taken away from his mission and really don't understand his mission and then kind of influenced by other people maybe maybe yep. radicals if mm-hmm. you want to yeah. show that and so it's this is just a representation of what we're going through right yeah. now yeah I'm sorry, I just have to point out how fucking cool this was. Do you realize that... Because interesting thing about when comic co- creators... When comic characters are created, you know, they have, like, unique elements of the way their powers work and stuff. So for Nightcrawler, he needs to see where he's going when he mm-hmm. teleports. Right. He just teleported them into Xavier's mind, essentially. They're in that room, but they don't see Xavier. They should see Xavier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's so cool. I didn't even think about that it's before. They see it. They see. They're his really in his mind. That's essentially yeah. where they are because they're seeing the girl who is being projected by David, or at least they're yeah. seeing or, what David wants them to see. Right? Maybe yeah. because uh, the, 
other mind is so powerful can project that image. Yeah, actually, actually I take wow. it back. It's clearly because I remember that now. Now she goes all storm cold yeah. and everything. Yeah, she but gets still in somebody's cool. mind. Yeah, they, they, they're in somebody's mind right now. It's just interesting well, that that's the, the way they're, they're portrayed. It. They're they're inside the actual cerebral thing. It's just they see what's in what, his what he mind. Wants to say. So it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like they're not physically in his mind, but they're mentally right. in his yeah. mind. But then they're in Xavier's mind. Yeah, they're mentally because in that his, girl's Xavier's not mind. there. At the yeah, end of the day, exactly. that girl's not physically there. So the fact they see him is that they're in yeah I, I take it back yeah. I think what's happening is David Stryker's son is just pro- he probably saw them coming saw them come in and projected what he wants them to see what he has exactly right. you're saying no, he, he, that's yeah, how I mentally, take it I don't yeah. think they're actually in his mind that I think about it but well they're mentally in his mind I mean yeah if you think about it but this is what this ways. is what Pyro's going with the bad guys. Pyro's going with the bad guys. Just think though, if this is if they're in Xavier's mind, yeah. and Xavier still has the power to tell Storm to kill this, essentially kill this image I'm having. Like, how powerful is Xavier now? You saw him do it against Apocalypse, well, right? Well, the thing is, is that this 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 mutant is only taking directions from Stryker. Stryker told, well, Mystique's view, version of Stryker told him. To kill only humans. Mm-hmm. That's why he switched to humans. So he's mm-hmm. not going to just switch. Right, right. And so once he's like, once he's like, he's affected this mutant by freezing him. Right. He sees reality. Yeah. Oh, now they can see. It's because they froze the him out, and so he couldn't keep affecting his powers. Affected. Can you imagine though if that wasn't the original like climax? Can you imagine, like, because if, imagine what you were saying, Chad, earlier about Holly Berry becoming, like, a bigger actress and demanding more action in this movie. Mm-hmm. That might not I have been I don't know, she demanded thing. or they just wanted to capitalize on the fact that she just wanted true, to ask you know. Very yeah. possible. But this might not have been the well, version, original version. Yeah. They yeah. Well, no, three, three, uh, X-Men 3, she did, she did, like, demand more. She's yeah, a producer what, at three. When they Her did, and Wolverine got the most lines, and they were both producers. Right. And that's, yeah, I'm not sure how far along in the process yeah. they they did all that, but I know that they had screenwriters work on two different scripts for this movie, and then they ended up combining those and taking the best ideas from each yeah. one, and then refining it from there. So yeah, yeah, because there's a lot, another, a lot of stuff. Another refining process. In. There's a I lot mean, of stuff to story and characters to fit in this movie. The people and just think like even my what I just brought up could have been a possibility. And then there was two other possibilities that refuted that. So people who don't work in Los Angeles don't understand that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. They just look at this final version and they criticize the final version, but they don't know what happened in the wave to create that yeah. final version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The movie goes through a lot of iterations. Yeah. I mean, you've seen on DVDs, you know, deleted scenes and things. Somebody has to decide to cut those out and, you know, stuff like that. Oh, I'm just... I'm disturbed by what we're going to yeah. be watching soon because it leads to the eventual storyline for number three, and I just I hate <laughs> that movie. I'm not going to look forward to watching it whenever we finally do, but I know we're going to have to do it eventually. You're not going to look forward to watching Wolverine. He's not going to look forward to watching Man of Steel. I'm not going to look forward to watching. Wow, no, I'm looking forward no, to watch all these movies. I'm not going to. Look- I'm looking forward to watch no, Steel. No, I'm, I'm interested yeah. in revisiting oh, all of that. Yeah, yeah. No X Men like. Three is like the way they approach Deadpool and Wolverine Origins, but like times a million. Like mm. the way they treat a lot of the the storylines and the characters, Brad wow. Ratner, it just made no. See, the thing is, sense. The, my problem with X three is the fact that it's not, it's 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 more the fact they just turn it more into an action movie and yeah. less less about the story. That's my biggest problem with it. Well, and well, so, 
but, Xavier dying, Jean Grey getting her powers the way she does, and becoming the yeah. Phoenix the way she does, it just none of it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, to me, I, I found it makes sense. I just I yeah. didn't think I didn't think it was that like yeah. involving. It was but, just more of like it was just more of a summon. It, it might might as well have been the Transformers. I agree. Whoa, whoa, whoa! By the way, I mean, I mean, not Transformers whoa, one, but like oh, yeah, Transformers yeah. two. I think we just saw. <laughs> Jubil- I think we just saw Jubilee. By the way, Jubilation Lee from. Uh, X Men two forty four. I think we just oh my got God. that character. Rogue, why wow. are you trying to yeah. why are you trying to fly the X <laughs> But that's that's a good moment though. Like our because. future X Men leaders, <laughs> they're still teenagers and young kids. Like thinking yeah. back, we're in our thirties now. Teenage teenage head was like ten years ago. More than that, twelve, thirteen years ago for us. Like the fact that she actually manned a the black jet that was called black yeah, jet. Yeah, I don't know X jet. X jet. X jet. It's called X jet. Yeah. The fact that she did that—that's huge for her character. That's such a good moment in the yep. theaters. I remember it. <laughs> who's this kid that Wolverine? This is carrying? just a stray kid. This, yeah. Just er, stray. Earlier, he was the one who had a forked tongue. If you oh, remember, the first tongue. team. Right, right, right. In the museum. Okay. Yeah. Forked tongue. But uh, is that like the what a lame. What a lame power that it's is. Probably a uh, yeah. Probably Not, a they all didn't have full powers. Popular with the ladies, maybe. But uh, I don't see know the problem. The problem with the mutant gene is that it could just be randomly something. Just like Beast turned grew fur. Well, Beast turns up. Be, no, I mean, no, he, he, he got because no, he got serum. strong, but he grew fur. It, it was that, kind of like. Good. But him, him growing fur and turning blue was because of that serum that he created in the movies, right? He was just a. Yeah. He just had the feet that were like hands. Yeah. Well, yeah. And in, in the in the <laughs> oh, comic that's right because he tried he tried to uh, he tried to, he tried to fix himself because again he was trying to impress a girl and get it in and what did he well, what happened he ended up well like Nightcrawler looking like a devil. Yeah, that's just an example. It's yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of like if, from Fantastic Four, the thing, the thing, his his ability, which is not mutant, but his ability is is he's a rock monster. Right, he can't be a Nothing. regular person. <laughs> oh, there's yeah. the fork yeah. tongue again. Fork <laughs> tongue kid. <laughs> his power sucks, but so he's still Wolverine a on his dog tags. <laughs> Yeah. Any other movies? Well, yeah, no, it's 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 in it's in the uh, that's that's kind of his code name. Right. X Men Origins. Yes. she gives it to him. She yeah. gives him the dog tags. The girl, the character that Sabretooth quote unquote kills in the beginning, who she actually isn't dead. Like, How in the hell can you keep the timelines? Accurate, like I can't. the people. I can't keep it straight. Not well, even no, us. They, How do the filmmakers keep that timeline accurate? Somebody wasn't yeah. keeping a series Bible. No, but or yo, the it's pro- not about the Bible. It's like you can't. No, you're keep right. That you really can. It, there's no way it's gonna get messed up. No, the thing is, no, the, the thing is, they can. It's just that you have to have someone like a Kevin Feige who's keeping who's track of keep, that. Who, who, yeah, who's keeping track. No, but even even then, we've had issues with the timeline that we have. Well, with MCU, yeah, there has been. Um, it was Spider-Man: Homecoming. Was apparently uh, it was either six or eight years oh, after Avengers, yes. and this was a thing of contention. Doesn't like, and up. it was Avengers two or something, or, or or Civil War was like a certain time after. It didn't make any sense. Right, well, that has not lined so, up. You can play well, that on then, Sony. Well, no, no. Sony... Well, I, I'll, I'll say this because because they they actually <laughs> played. They, uh, Black Panther came out earlier this year, and it technically was a week after Civil War, mm-hmm. but then. Avengers Affinity War was two years after. Right. right. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. But, okay, but, but the thing is, but that, but that's because I mean, schedule-wise, Spider-Man: Homecoming threw everyone's schedule off. Okay, so that's Black just Cycles like timeline, but not like yeah. continuity of like how things happen. Like this has been rewritten because they didn't have a, such a long-term plan. Right. No, they that's were doing a problem. One movie at a time, where the Marvels yes. run a completely different way. But I think Martin's point yes. comes across, which is, is it, it is not 
easy right. and kind of expected that there's going to be timeline issues. Because you might right. be hindered right. by the storytelling where you're like, oh, we can't do that because we already showed that this yeah. is how this happened. And yeah. they were just like, yeah, you know, we're, you know. Well, a little well, more the, well the, the, the issue with this and the problem with this is like, they, they were treating each movie like it's, it's its own movie. Yeah, they did try to keep a little bit of a continuous timeline going. Yeah. They, and, they, and they tried to do it with the origins and stuff like that too. But... They they were like you know something if the audience we'll we'll we'll, we'll um, prioritize the audience and, and prioritize the action of the movie and the movie yeah. being a big blockbuster over the yep. storyline right whereas MCU doesn't do that yeah right MCU will try to keep the storyline continuity when when a new director signs on to MCU they have to follow all these guidelines yeah yeah when they oh, make yeah. their movie yeah there's bullet points they have to yeah get, I'm so, sure so I gotta point out why couldn't she just do everything she's doing in the plane. <laughs> What? Why, why'd she have to get out of the plane and do everything she's Jean doing? Jean Grey? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> well, a good But she has to be yeah. there. She has to like she literally be there to split the split the water. Yeah. She why needs, did she split the water, though? She needs What's to the be there to perpetuate the Noah story. No, not Noah. Moses. <laughs> Moses story. We don't, we don't need Moses Sorry. split the water. Moses. Uh, we need more biblical references. So if, part if, of the Red Sea. If, if she was in the plane, she might blow the windows out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like... I still don't get that reference. Well, Noah, there was the great flood. it's... Her power is an actual force. This doesn't just go through but stuff. Yeah. Okay, but she like flipped all the controls inside the plane. Yeah. Stuff. yeah, she could. Well, that's she a little telekinesis. So can't she like control the water from uh, while she's safely inside the plane? I'm just saying this is a little bit of a weird story provision oh. for me to just cause. I feel like I feel like she like Brian Singer's reaching a little bit with this one to cause this to happen, but that's fine. So anyway. We're about to see her become the first time the Phoenix X Men One Hundred and One big book sells for a lot of money. Right yeah, now. well, it so. makes sense because I mean, that makes oh. sense, but it's cool to see that Jean oh. Grey took over Professor X. Oh. But look, it's, it's all this a lot of power. She actually go. has to turn to the Phoenix to do it. Maybe. Yep. Starting at this point, I was yelling, I was hitting my friend, and like, dude, it's Phoenix, it's Phoenix, it's Phoenix. He's like, Did you what know? the hell is that? Yeah, I didn't know. Oh that. yeah, I saw this in theaters. Oh well, uh, you saw the animated series, so you know. Yeah, you know, this, oh, the, I don't know the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Well, oh, the Phoenix know. saga, then the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah, this is equivalent to like you hitting me in the shoulder and saying, "Oh my God!" Is when we were watching Split. Oh, I know. I was grabbing you and shaking you. During, <laughs> yes. This. Well, yeah. I. That's so that feeling that you had. <laughs> that's the same feeling I had when I was at Feeling's twelve, thirteen, replicated, seeing Phoenix. Oh yeah, nice. So now, is there still the there's still a love triangle in this between Wolverine well, and Jean Grey? Well, the tip is taken. The tip is gone. Oh, <laughs> no, this, yeah, this but is, there is. I have to say, this is real. I had a friend who um, lost Jean Grey. <laughs> I had a friend who died in um, his Honda coming back from Vegas, and then he had oh, his wow. girlfriend, and then he had a, a girl who was talking to him at the same time, and they both had a moment, just like. Uh, Wolverine and mm. what's his name had Cyclops. Cyclops. That's oh. so. That's real. Scott Summers. Yeah. 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 So even their hatred for each other brings a brings in a sort of emotion that can link them together yeah. in this moment here. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, they, they don't they don't really hate each other per se. It's just I, it's I a think rivalry. It's a rivalry. Yeah. yeah. A macho it's not, it's rivalry. Hatred, yeah. But like when a girl's involved, but I, I think that. hate is. Hate is huge. Hate is expected. Well, love involved. I mean, calling involved. from us guys. Yeah. Nearly nighting away, annihilating our way of life. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy to know that that's what did in the X Men in the end was Professor X. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, you can kind of relate to their sentiment, their feelings, if you yeah. think about it. I mean, the thought that one being could potentially annihilate yeah. all life on Earth, that is kind of something to maybe fight against, but... Right. So the uh, the Sentinels were originally supposed to be part of this movie, but got cut out for budget reasons. Really? So then we don't end up seeing those till what days of future past? Not true. Was it eight Not million? True. Oh wait, do we see a version of it in something we else? Do. Well, yeah, the next X Men movie. Oh, no, see yeah. it here. It's like don't a cameo. No, no, oh, okay. No, no, well, no, no, they don't become a major plot point really till days. Cigar. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. And the cigar. The cigar plays. No, no, no. The beginning of X uh, Wolverine Origins, right? That's when we see the Sentinels, or no? No, it's the beginning of X-Men. no, no. In the ho- right, in, right. in the hollow, no. What they call it? The hollow, the hollow chamber deck or something. Hollow, yeah. In X Men ho- Three, at the end, last stand, last stand. At the end of last stand, there's a quick moment where it's at the you beginning. see like the lights of their eyes. Or oh, it's the beginning. Right. They, they were also training. supposed to have they're the training danger the room in this. But the, yeah, the danger got, room. That's what it is. That also got cut out, but you don't see that till X Three. Yeah, last stand. Nine million that would add to the budget. Do you remember of this movie? Oh, it was like thirty-five or something. It yeah, it would have been even. It would have been even more to do those for uh, the visual effects at the time. For those, probably would have been pretty intense and expensive. This is a cool scene too, where the yeah. the storm comes in and freezes <laughs> everything in the in the uh, Oval Office. Yeah, like that's I laugh at we we're laughing at um, Nightcrawler. Oh, I said saying no storm hi. outside the window. Oh yes, yeah. well, that that is correct. Yes. yes. We're laughing at Nightcrawler waving highs to the president. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's great. So good. And everybody he was next around. to uh, well, he was next to George Washington's picture. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> so this yeah. is this is Professor trying to Xavier um persuade the president that they're really not that bad and they're there on their Kitty side. Cried, yeah. and, and that's no easy task, but he you know, they managed to to get him to do the right thing. So. Yeah. That's it. But it is, I mean, it should be concerning to the president that they could just sneak into the Oval Office like this. Right. How, wait, how did they get in there? Or is this all well, in his mind? Well, no, he mind? froze everything. Yeah, he froze everything like he did before. Yeah. Past. But like, then he had to like wheel onto the grounds and up the, ha- up <laughs> well, the wheelchair yeah. ramp in the back of the house. Know. Maybe yeah. that house right, maybe that room is right next to the driveway. Like, <laughs> what, the Oval Office? Yeah, I'm sure it's right it next was, to the It was, right? I think I just, we're overthinking this. No, no, no. I just watched ramps yeah. left over from when uh, FDR was in there. I just watched comedian cars having coffee or getting coffee. Oh, when he goes with Obama. When he goes with yeah, Obama. Yeah, it's yeah. like right there. The road's right That's there. True. That's true. The road to perdition. Ooh, influence. That's right. It's the influence of this film, right? Yeah. I, I would be curious how powerful Rogue really is. Like, I wonder, could she make a storm across the entire world? I just don't know. Rogue or Storm? Storm. storm. Sorry, storm. thank you. Storm. I don't think... Uh, so you don't I, think, I think she can do it in her area. Hurricanes right now? You'll think it's Storm Here's, doing it? I don't think Florence is because This of cracks me up, though, when the lights come on. What if, like, they come on and, like, Xavier's still, like, wheeling out? <laughs> I know, it's like, yeah. Like, oh, well, he's in the elevator. He's in the elevator right now. a movie where they probably did that. Yeah, probably, yeah. You worked on that. I did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the title sequence at least did you hear that capers Chad our own resident movie nerd worked on the spoof superhero movie Leslie Nielsen was in that so it was a little that's right oh, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, he's in every spoof yeah. yeah I mean he wasn't in uh, until the Wayne's Brothers spinoffs well, no he's in the, the scary no, movie starting with what three I after think? after yeah. Wayne's Brothers yeah and what Chad did for that movie was he was the sandwich guy for craft services. Right. So, uh, huge role. Uh, huge role. Props. Some prop stuff. Yeah. Well, no, honestly, it was only the title sequence I worked on, which you know, oh, okay. we'll get into that another time. But yeah, you got. Oh, into... here's a little, uh, little, little factoid about. I believe this scene was filmed 
after the fact. I don't know if it was part of reshoots or something. Um, but they had to go to England to film this one scene huh. on a set because Hugh Jackman was already there filming Van Helsing. Mm. Oh, He'd already started Van Helsing. And so if you notice here, his hair looks a little bit higher than the rest of the movie yeah. because he had He's grown, his, wig? He had grown mm-hmm. his hair really long to play Van Helsing, so they had to that's fit right. a Wolverine wig on top of his long hair. Wow. And so that's why he looks his hair looks a little bigger because yeah. this scene was, yeah, he instead of being filmed in Canada, this was much after the fact uh, across the ocean. So. Crazy. Yep. A little movie magic it's for a, you. It's really a little closer to the stories. Uh, I mean, uh, wondering why it wasn't in the first shoot, but hey, you know. Who knows? Who knows? Well, they always budget in. That's another thing. Yeah. Especially the Marvel movies are very famous for doing it now. Star Wars movies do it now. These big movies, yeah. they know they're going to, they they shoot the movie as they shoot it. They preview, they edit it. But these movies are so expensive and there's so much on the line with the intellectual yeah. property and stuff. They want to make sure they get it right so they test it in front of audiences and, um, and stuff like that and then based on that feedback or in front of executives or people like that they figure out what they need to go back and reshoot and tweak and they do that and they build that into the budget and the scheduling sometimes it happens like it could be six months to a year after they've actually filmed so yeah. Yeah. people have to change they have changed their appearances they might have to rebuild some sets or cover actors. up some wigs and yeah actors who are already into yeah. other projects other roles yeah. yeah that's like uh, at, at the end of the Avengers, the then yes. meeting Shwarma, Chris uh, Evans had already grown a beard for something, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer, yes. And so that's why he has his. They had to put a prosthetics over his beard, and that's why in that Shwarma well, scene, he's got his hand on his on his face. Yeah, he blocks. He it. blocks his beard. Yeah, right. Yeah. That was a late addition. So, so uh, Professor Xavier does this whole little thing where he looked through the window, and you can tell he's kind of gazing into the distance in his mind of where. Gene was and when it happened mm-hmm. I think you get the cue that he felt he felt something oh yeah like she's still alive isn't this narration exactly what Xavier says at the beginning of the first movie no. oh is it I, I think I think it's the reused monologue about mutation really yeah and here's where we get the first look at the phoenix interesting that I did not know which is great because was it who did the who did the the monologue Opening monologue for the first X Men. Mm. I think it's Xavier. Uh, no, no, it's Xavier. But it's, it's the first Stewart. character we saw. Right here we go. I I did not know what that's this meant. Uh, oh, I was, that was a cool. Oh, yeah. That's a yeah. That's a cool. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I remember. Oh, yeah, I, I remember watching time. that and seeing that scene and thinking, I am so excited for the Phoenix. Like yeah. I was so juiced. Yeah, and they yeah. messed it up for me so freaking. Singer should stayed on. Well, Singer wanted to go do Superman. I know. Would you blame him though? No, I don't blame him. That's I do. the biggest iconic. I blame Singer. Oh no, oh, Stan Lee cameo him. in this. Whoa. Uh, oh no, there is. I think there's. I think there's three. Whoa. I believe he does not appear in three of the. But was X-Men there not movies. one in the first one? No, he was the hot he dog the vendor hot dog, in the yeah, first yeah. one. Yeah. Right. I so, didn't do this is uh, John Ottman. This is kind of rare. He's the co-editor and the composer to this movie. Hmm. He's an editor slash composer, so he's actually, I think, starting with this movie. Um, He's edited and composed the music for uh, all Brian Singer's movies since, wow. since this one. I don't, I, I don't know if this is their first team up. I'm not sure, but Dude, um, Kevin yeah. Feige was listed as a co-producer, right? Here. So Marvel Studios it's itself hadn't been. He was at Marvel at the time, but Marvel Studios, their actual production studio, hadn't been formed yet at this point because you know MCU didn't start till five years after. We this, we need to get a documentary one day on Kevin Feige. I mean, I, like Kevin Feige or Feige. Feige? Feige or Feige? Feige the man is oh. what it should be called. Well, he's getting, some, he's, he's getting some big award. Yeah, I just think about his progression through the Marvel series 
would be really interesting. Yeah. I saw him at Con- or Comic Con. I saw him at CinemaCon maybe three years ago in Vegas. And um, I think they were premiering. What's that spy movie with Melissa McCarthy? And um, is it called Spy? Uh, that was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw him at CinemaCon in Vegas, and um, he was on. He was a natural oh. ham, like just he owned that stage, oh, yeah. which means that he's so he owns everything that he works on yeah. here and. Because he's had that experience, like to for him to be involved with these early on Marvel films and then go on to to head yeah. those that studio it's just makes sense. That's what you want. Yeah, that's what you want. You want someone who you know is going to really care about the material, the source material, and have been there from start to finish. So, so the, right. the, the Donners Company got a little shout out in the company uh, credits at the beginning of this, and that's cool because I've mentioned before the first one but I, I interned there when I first got to Los oh, Angeles cool. so yeah. yeah when I was there they were filming X-Men Origins Wolverine so yeah oh. the Donner's company Lauren Schuler Donner and her husband Richard Donner who directed the Lethal Weapon movies and Superman the movie and all that um, they have a production company She yeah, and she Lauren Schuler Donner has produced all the X-Men movies she's a huge producer mm-hmm. she, she is yeah so oh yeah everyone knows that name. at least in the entertainment <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm so yeah, we like like always. We uh, watch the credits, you know, maybe see oh, yeah. see somebody we recognize uh, from you know other movies, or just to look at the interesting Nathan uh, Schroeder. Roles. No, I don't know. Nah, Brent Boats, <laughs> Michael <laughs> Bethune. See, sometimes people have interesting names too. Uh, Tim but, uh, can I can I be honest? The people usually I've noticed uh, in credits that have the most unique names. The location people, <laughs> like, like, like the truck, That's, like the one, the drivers, like those, they yeah. always like it'll They're be like teamsters. Mike the gangsta, yeah, you know, Dex, you know, or something. Like, there's always like a nickname in quotes or something. Oh. We love our teamsters. We, love we our do, team. yeah. <laughs> Give it to the teamsters. Just stay on the good side, you know. It's like the transportation people is what I'm saying. Yeah, they usually have like funniest names. I think. <laughs> Well, these are a lot mostly Canadians, probably, in this crew. Yeah. yeah. The probably. Vancouver crew we're seeing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jay St. Louis, like, that's so Canadian, right? So, Capers, we want to know a lot more yeah. about you. Talk to us. Tell us what you thought about the film that you watched. It's always fun to to see and hear about someone's first experience watching an X-Men movie or a superhero movie at large, so... Get in those comments, man, on YouTube. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you want to hear. I want to tell know. us what we did wrong. No, no, hey, hey, hey. And we'll tell you hey. things. We'll tell you constructive, <laughs> constructive criticism. Yeah, though. yeah. Like, no, we'll, no, no. Hey, say some. Say some. We'll tell you that that uh, the the film school dropout here looks like Hannibal Burris. <laughs> he might be Hannibal Burris. <laughs> hey. I don't know. You know today, that? hey, this today, whole podcast could be, one, stunt, huh? could be a stunt for the uh, Eric Andre show. Like, we don't know. Yeah. This whole thing Possible. is an elaborate stunt. <laughs> oh, I, I wish uh-huh. I, I probably stayed for these credits. I don't know why. I always stayed for credits when I was younger. Did you guys? Yeah. Oh, I always. Have. We've talked. Yeah. We talked about this, now but especially now. Yeah. Uh, we work in the industry. Know people who work on movies, but. Um, oh, I have always been credits person because yeah, it's, for somebody who's I, before we get to LA and start working in the industry, you're fascinated by. You mm-hmm. want to see what people do, and I like yeah. There's always interesting information in there, and to listen to the music, you listen to get to hear more of the score yeah. to the film. It's like you know. Do you remember at the DGA? It's almost like you were forced yes. to say. No, oh, yeah, that's, we yeah, 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 that, yeah, and that's, and that's kind of where my name will come out a little bit because when I went to film school, if you felt like you had to watch the credits, like yeah. it was. 
you, you it felt like it was on, it was almost an assignment. Yeah, it felt like you it. had to. What, what, and so, it's a, no, I mean, I, I enjoyed them for a while, but then I realized I watch movies for the story. Yep. Mm-hmm. And not, not to discount the people who work on it, because I do work in the industry as well. Yeah. But... You know, yeah. I I watch movies for the story. So yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I'm so I will. So like aspects. like I just did, I will run to the bathroom occasionally if I. But I right, come back. Right, right. But I come back to see yeah. the end. And, I come back to and, see and the and end. Just to reiterate, Capers, <laughs> once again, Martin, Chad, and I used to work at the Directors Guild together, and they have theaters at their location that they screen movies for for guild members. So that is the reference I was making when I said that we would stay for the credits there because. When you work in entertainment and you're a bunch of directors and watch a movie together, you're probably going to stay for the credits because yeah. you probably do know a lot of people that were working on that. It's, I feel like it's cutthroat out here. Like I was in Santa yeah. Monica watching, um, what was the film, the guy that did, uh, um, what was that big musical that won two years ago? La La Land. La La Land. So, Damien Chazelle. What, what's the movie Whiplash. we did before? Whiplash. We oh, went to go see Whiplash. Whiplash. Oh. Whiplash. And there was a guy there and I guess a woman was talking in the back row but she could hear him but we couldn't mm-hmm. suddenly in the middle of the you hear him get up and say shut the fuck up like literally drop an <laughs> F-bomb in the middle of the theater because if you're talking during a movie in LA you might as well be the worst person at certain you, theaters you have to yeah. go if you go to like the arc light or they take it really seriously yeah. or yeah. like a place where like a lot of industry people yeah some of these Santa Monica or West Side theaters mm-hmm. like Maybe some of the general AMCs, like yeah. not as much, because obviously there's still plenty of people in LA who are not in the in, or not in the industry. But yeah, yeah. it's a smaller, in, like the ones where the industry people frequent. It's just bad taste. Like you yeah. hate to experience something that requires your full attention. To take it away from yourself or anyone around you is just not cool. Because yeah. movies are huge. They're one of the biggest staples in our lives. Everybody sees movies. Everybody Every, goes to movies. We all have that. We all I've have seen that movies. Yeah. Right. When you go to an right. interview, there might be a question. But just shooting the shit. People trying to get to know you. What's your favorite movie? That's because they want to learn about you as a person. Your favorite movie tells a lot about you as a person. Yep. So. And can we end this at, or at least can we say what our favorite movies are? Because I'm actually kind of curious now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we said it, but Chris. Have we yeah. Said it? Yeah, I think we went over we it one okay. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you read read, read our bios and you'll know? Yeah, yeah, our bios are on Instagram. Instagram. Right. Go, go to Instagrams, but Instagrams. But we'll say it again. Sure. But we'll say it again. I'll start with mine. My favorite movie is The Village. Okay. I say and one one sentence about that film. Watch The Village from the perspective of post 9-11 one sentence. One sentence. Watch the movie from the perspective of post. 9-11 okay right Chad back to the future good call uh roads where we're going <laughs> we, well, we need roads you can't even name know. a sentence well, about your favorite movie I just I don't Got know I, I, why do you like it I don't have a state I didn't have a statement prepared like you I, did so I, 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 <laughs> I quoted the movie alright so there we go I, I, I just I, or, okay here's a better one when this when this baby hits 88 miles an hour, That's you're going to see some serious shit. I got a video. I repeated that when I was a kid and got in, got in trouble sometimes. I, a, so. I got a video I got a video of, of going 80 on the freeway next to a DeLorean. Oh, it's awesome. Nice. Yeah, it happened. So, nothing. You went, you went to the What did you hit 88? <laughs> Chris, please. No, it happened. I will say this because I will say this because in first school, like, people would ask me what my favorite film was. And to me, I, I didn't. I didn't have like, one favorite film 
there's different films I like for different reasons. But cop out. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this because I hated, I hated this question. I hated this question in film school because to me, I figured that because to me, I, I like so many different movies for so many different reasons. I wouldn't say so many. I'd like a few different movies for a few. All of life. But and you have to pick one movie. What do But no, no, I'm picking it. But I'm picking it, and I'm telling you the reason why. But I just wanted to preface that because. But no, the reason the the movie I I love is Friday. I love Friday because yeah. to me it was this it was this like perfect it was this perfect comedy it was just like it was supposed to be at the time when these like hood movies were big yeah so it was completely different it still showed the life of like I mean, living living in the hood and yeah, yeah it's it, yeah but yeah. it was this comedic thing but it was still real mm-hmm. and so even though yeah. some of that life wasn't as fun and funny it was. <laughs> this movie was funny and funny, but still depicted that as a real life. You wouldn't want to live yeah. there even after you see Friday. You still yeah. wouldn't want to live in that neighborhood. Right. So yeah. that's why that's one of my favorite movies. But I, that's mm. and, and, and I just want to say my favorite line from that movie. Damn! <laughs> you got I, knocked the fuck out. I should. I had, I had a picture with him with uh, Debo oh, awesome. at right, a film did festival. You I did, and I just want to say so I can get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> I'm tired, capers. Yeah. It's like twelve o'clock. Uh, my favorite is a movie from 1994 called With Honors with Brandon Fraser and Joe Pesci because as far as I'm concerned it's their, they met their best so oh, wow. it's my favorite wow. movie of all time oh, it kicks okay. it kicks everything it has, I have not seen it has, that it has drama it has romance it has heart it has soul it has father son element to it from two people that really did not have a developed father and son relationship in the movie <laughs> let's watch it in my backyard absolutely oh we should do the backyard movie for that be, I have the DVD yeah. we should definitely watch I'm that down. I'm great down I'm down to it soon great great movie alright Capers well you have officially sat through what is it a long time a long time two, a group of time what, two hours and like 45 minutes of oh, this oh damn near fun this is this is this is fun very true this good times fun. yeah we do this because we have fun with, with each other on this couch um <laughs> soon <laughs> soon soon we're not gonna be on this couch anymore uh, we're gonna well, be yeah, at a new no. location uh, which yeah, we'll yeah, tell you all about soon we'll the couch is being sold we'll be sitting on the floor well, and we do this it's been determined but to be announced I should say and we do this for you so Hey. Thanks, Capers. All right. Peace out. Capers out.